Well, Matt, as the great Robert Downey Jr. said in the critically acclaimed film Iron Man 2, it's good to be back. Is it? You Jake Sully? I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. You'll be making a difference. Hello, good morning, welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Retrospectives. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Macaringo. That's me, the co-host. We haven't done this in a while. We haven't uploaded it in a while. We took a break, but we're we back. We take we're, we're... November off because uh, November... November every two years seems to be a little uh, chaotic for whatever reason. I don't know what it is, but... Tends to be the month when I'm going through it the most. Uh, it's okay. It was. It would have been incredibly difficult for me to even find time to yeah. record anyway. So this all worked out. We're coming back with you. If you you've seen the title, it's James Cameron's Avatar retrospective. That also means we're not just going to talk about Avatar. We're going to talk about every James Cameron movie in some capacity. We're not going to break down all. This isn't going to be a six-hour Jordan Peele retrospective. Um, yeah, but I, don't, I doubt it will go that long. Um, but who knows anymore? <laughs> who knows? But also, like, who knows? Like, when we get to because right now the retrospective is going to be two movies, but who knows how long we're going to talk about Way of Water? Yeah, who knows? Uh, I mean, if you're on the internet, you've seen the fucking overloading of critical acclaim. Even people who didn't love the first Avatar are like, wait, this one might have the goods, or at the very least, people seem more positive on it. I think the most negative stuff I've seen is people who are like, yeah, it's better than the first one, but I still don't care about Pandora. Well, and also, I will give it some more credit. Um, people were ready to destroy this movie. Like, say what everyone will, like, oh, critics being objective. This this was a movie that people would have relished tearing down had they found a reason to. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the amount of build-up to it. The, like, all the conversations about Avatar's cultural impact and all that stuff, you know. Like, so if 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 it had looked even slightly bad. So I am optimistic by even people kind of being like, yeah, it's pretty good. Like, which was not the response to Avatar, frankly. Um, yeah. Which felt a lot more uh, diverse, I guess, in terms of uh, reception. I would agree with that at least from my memory and I'm, we're going to yeah. talk about the 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 internet longevity of the discussion of whether or not people remember avatar why <laughs> i i think i know why that even became a prevalent talking point whether or not you agree with it right mm-hmm. um it's because there's only one fucking movie in the franchise and yeah. normal people who went to go see this movie had lives to live and didn't argue about it on the internet for 15 years or whatever yeah. That's it. And That's it. it. That's the answer. It's also a movie that, like, you know, this isn't... Honestly, this isn't a criticism or a point in the movie's favor. It's a very simple movie at the end of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. It's... it's So there's not, there's not a ton to, like, talk about in terms of, like, a sustained fandom, you know? Uh, Although there is like, a huge Avatar fandom. There is, which is a whole other thing. But also, you know, like, I don't know what, what is the metric for, like, what is and isn't discussed a lot? 
Because um, another film I was thinking about is something like uh, Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm. you know, which like there are, you know, people still talk about it and no one is sitting around going like it's not a good movie. Right. Mm-hmm. It's and it's like every now and then people will like reference it with like because usually there's something happening in our culture that makes us think of a Morton Joe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But it's also not a movie where it's like you, you're not like you don't go to Comic Con and see like seven people dressed up as Tom Hardy, Max, you know. I used to see a lot of Furiosas. You would see Furiosas, but yeah. Furiosa also is like the coolest design in that fucking movie. Yeah. Although yeah. I don't know if you remember, but there was like an Immortan Trump that went viral. I do, I do. I have that on my phone somewhere. Yeah, I, that was a whoever came up with that. If you're listening to this that podcast, was like a that's like pre- that was a pre-election of Morton Trump, too. Mm-hmm. Great idea. Is, Great execution. Yeah. One of the best cosplays I've ever seen. <laughs> I also wonder if there also is something to this movie where it's just like, there is no way to to cosplay Avatar 2009 in a way that doesn't look a little cringe. You know what I'm saying? I think this is maybe one of the main talking points about the actual Avatar movie, too. Mm-hmm. is that it is very openly sincere mm-hmm. love that or hate it like the the story context and everything right and we're, i'm sure we're going to talk about certain i guess we can call them elements in the film story that are maybe a little familiar uh mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone's ever pointed that out before but uh it's it's blue cat people in space. Like, the most reductive explanation of it is that they're blue cat people in space. Mm-hmm. And it can look a little silly if you dress up as them. That was yeah. definitely the attitude I held for a while. And then this last uh, LA Comic Con, I got this great picture of someone dressed up as, as a Navi. I think they were in a Terry specifically. And I was like, oh shit, Avatar is going to make $3 billion. No, no, I don't know I, why, but that was just like that went into my I brain. Would say people can't do it, but there is something to it that just—it's always a little like it doesn't invoke the movie as much. You know what I'm saying? I do, and I—I I think this is also like one of the reasons why I've had um, discussions with people and friends I greatly respect will clash over differing movie opinions and art art opinions because that's what you do when you discuss culture. <laughs> you have healthy disagreements, right? Mm-hmm. It's fine. And um, a lot of people who haven't been looking forward to the Avatar sequels would say stuff like, I'm just not invested in that world. And I would always start, like, questioning, like, what that even, like, means at this point. Because, you know, it is only one movie. Like, I think our idea of, like, blockbuster franchise filmmaking. Well, blockbuster franchise is now franchise filmmaking. I guess that's even another point to it, right? Because blockbuster movies didn't always mean sequels. Generally speaking, the more cynical aspect side of, like, that industry would lean into sequel talk, like, immediately. Right? That, mm-hmm. that, that is the case. But Blockbuster didn't always mean sequel. Independence Day didn't mean sequels immediately. Nor did it sequel mean sequels. Because people, yeah. they, they forgot that they did one, apparently. Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. That is another weird one where, like, people will still kind of go to the mat for Independence Day, right? Mm. Like, but there's no one even, like, even wants to acknowledge that there is a sequel. Like, that is strange. Yeah. I'm there for the White House down renaissance, though. I'm sure. I like that one a lot. Um, Independence Day is not a good movie, though. Oh, how dare you. You call yourself an American? 
You want to know why? Because it's two and a half fucking hours long. <laughs> it is a little long. It is a little it long. Is, I'll give it that. It, a little is an understatement. Um, but uh, I feel like we're beating around the bush here. Hey, uh, when did you see? Well, all right. Because we got to talk about like Avatar is so weird because this is a, a a ten years in production movie, right? Like even longer. Yeah, well, I mean, like, look, yeah, yes, there's that, but like, we're talking about mainly the gap between Titanic and Avatar, right? Yes. Like, and this is some. I don't. Want, I don't want to get into like James Cameron's like actual like what he was doing trying to make this movie yet, right? Okay. Okay. I, mean, I just want to talk about like us as like outsiders looking in. Like, I want to get our angle first. Okay. And and we're close to age, and it's weird to think about. James Cameron's run as a director is kind of done by the time we are of the age where we have formative movie opinions, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is odd to think about um, that, you know, Titanic's 97. Um, I was aware of Titanic's. I was like, I have memories of Titanic being a movie that was in theaters, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, didn't, obviously didn't see it. I was too young. Uh, saw it a lot on VHS, but like I knew who James Cameron was. I knew Terminator, True Lies, Aliens, The Abyss. Like I knew all that shit by the time we get around the Avatar. They were in like regular rotation <laughs> in my home. And early internet days, you would go to Cameron's IMDb, which was like my main source back in the day. I didn't go on to like, uh a ton of uh movie gossip website like like i was not like an ain't it cool news guy back in the day you know mm-hmm. and on his imdb there was only two movies listed as in production and it, they were battle angel alita <laughs> and avatar <laughs> and that was it for like a long time do you, do, you, do you have memory of that era? I absolutely do because Terminator and Terminator 2, my dad, I think I've talked about it before. My dad, um, when he would have me on weekends, we would barbecue and rent movies from a local rental store, right? And uh, some of the stuff we watched was Terminator and Terminator 2. I think, like, those were even my first R-rated movies, mm-hmm. you know? We're yeah, probably. Get, yeah, and then we're getting hyped for Terminator 3. And uh, I didn't see that one in theaters. I saw it on DVD. And um, But yeah, like, that's when I fell in love with James Cameron. And then, you know, of course, Aliens. Everyone knows I love Alien and shit. Um, and I remember getting obsessed with, like, Terminator 2 especially. Apart from mm-hmm. Aliens, which was, like, you know, the, the holy grail to me. Um, Terminator 2, which still, you know, is, like, maybe the greatest Western film ever made. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy fuck. Um and I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, why isn't this guy doing, like, the Terminator movies afterwards? Like, yeah. that was a big question I had. And, like, even until, you know, almost to my shame, like, very recently uh, in the last decade, I was like, why doesn't he just make more Terminators if they're going to still make them? And, it, like, as I get older, I'm like, ah, you just want to do other shit in life. That's totally fine and acceptable. Mm-hmm. Especially if you clearly have as many ideas as James Cameron has, right? Yeah. Um. And I, I just remember, like, I remember the, the Battle Angel Alita thing. 
And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> you know? And now it's one of my favorite movies. He didn't even direct it. Yeah, <laughs> Shout yeah, out yeah. to Robert Rodriguez. Um, but yeah, he was sort of like, like almost like a legend in a way. Yeah, the... it was. It's weird to think about how he was kind of still an ever-present guy despite not releasing any movies. Yeah, in, and you know what 2000s, else? Basically, like only at the tail end of the two thousands does he release a movie. Yeah, and you know, I was gonna bring this up later, but like, a, a Titanic got a lot of play on both sides of my family. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's a more more feminine film from a traditionally like at least recognized as a masculine filmmaker. James Cameron mm-hmm. sort of had a broy. Uh, air to him, I would argue, yeah. even until nowadays a little bit. I don't know if I completely align with that read in his work, which I also touch on later. But uh, I remember Titanic, like, like hearing about it when I was younger, uh, before I saw it, because my, my families would watch it a lot, and just not, like, really being interested in watching it. And then the first time I watched it, I was completely swept away. Like, I did not realize that's a fucking three-hour movie until I was, like, a teenager. Yeah. Like, that was kind of wild to, to recognize. I knew it was a long movie because it was one of the two VHS boxes. That's right. Yeah. Right? It, it had that. And then even the DVD that we had back in the day was one of the early DVDs we had. It still had an option in the menu to be like, do you want to skip to the part where the boat sinks? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it like still had that split down the middle despite being on a DVD. Um but yeah, it was uh, it was one of those where, so like those like even now in my brain when I see the two movie packs, I'm like that screams epic, right? Like mm-hmm. any movie that came in that it's like Lawrence of Arabia, The Godfather, fucking anything. It's like yes, those are the epic movies. Yeah, and if anything, mm-hmm. he is a truly like epic filmmaker. Like no one yes. makes movies the size of James Cameron. Yeah, and like is someone who's like is. I don't want to like get too much on the like the fucking praising James Cameron thing because like yet yeah, like there's a lot of people work on movies right yeah yeah, like, yeah of course and and also like he's a notorious asshole but yeah and, I, and to know. to his credit many of his collaborators have said yeah he's calmed down like a lot as he's gotten you would older hope so <laughs> and that doesn't that does not absolve him of stuff there's horror stories about working with him like people would have their cell phones nailed to the wall. From, I yeah. think Avatar, right? Yeah, Avatar was the one where you <laughs> Like, Jesus Christ, dude. But we also have seen Kate Winslet go from someone who would be like, I will never work with James Cameron again, to she's in Way of Water. Mm-hmm. At the uh, very least, Way of Water, if not several of the sequels. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I honestly, here's something we, we can't really talk about. It. I have not read a single thing about what the Way of Water is about. I just and know the, the the trailers and like I've seen the trailer because it the, is playing before every movie. Yeah, and I know. And there, then there was that press release where it was like, "Meet Kiri, played by Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. their daughter," and everyone was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> yeah. um, I believe the person who broke that scoop was buddy of the show uh, Liam O'Donnell from the Action oh. for Everyone podcast because. He started as a VFX guy, and there was this huge VFX demonstration, like CinemaCon for VFX artists, basically, right? Mm -hmm. And so he got to watch Cameron, like, over video, give, like, a detailed speech about what the VFX world can expect from Way of Water. Mm -hmm. And when he relayed that information on the podcast first, I was like, what? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) Like, he's gonna... (laughs) He cast her as... Their teenage daughter. <laughs> what is that fucking 
but I, I just want to talk a little bit more about James Cameron before we get into that. And um, mm. you and I will not have seen Way of Water when we release this episode. This episode's coming out on the release day for it's, Way of Water. Yeah, um, it's like slowly getting released. Around. I, I think it does not come out around me, though, till Thursday. And then even then, I will not be seeing it until next week. Okay, yeah. I, I'm releasing this Thursday, the Thursday morning of Way of Water's release. Uh we we will we'll see how we feel about that movie. Um, but I also just wanted to say that like, yeah, he's had a, a reputation for for calming down in recent years. Thankfully, also worth noting, um, as my buddy Josh Lewis wrote on his great Letterbox review of True Lies, I was just talking about how I maybe disagree with the sentiment that James Cameron is like a broy filmmaker. True Lies is the most broy movie ever made. Um, yeah. True Lies is his Temple of Doom. And my, I mentioned the Josh Lewis review of it because he said it's a movie that is very clearly written by someone who's been divorced four times. Yes. Which is absolutely the well, case. That, that is part of the, as an adult, that is a joy about uh, revisiting James Cameron movies is there is, you can tell which movies were written while he was going through a divorce and which movies were written while he was getting re- married again. <laughs> Like, that's, you could just tell, like, <laughs> which is wild to think about. Um, and sit, and the weird thing that um, I don't know if people talk about too much is that uh, the woman James Cameron has married was the woman from Titanic. Do you remember this? Uh, no. Isn't it? It's the woman who plays uh, Rose's granddaughter. Oh my god! Yeah, that's his current wife. And also, talk about fucking shooting your shot. You know how that movie that movie ends, Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone was like, "Oh, did she die in the dream?" Like, but before that, uh, she goes up to Brock Lovett in that movie, and it's like hinted that they're going to start a relationship. And fucking Brock Lovett is like a James Cameron stand-in, like. <laughs> It's like, wow. Um, but he's been happily married to her since then, and that maybe has uh, influenced uh, that decade, you know? It, <laughs> maybe she got lucky that he wasn't constantly working. I mean, um, maybe. Um, for for those that don't know, I just, since you brought it up anyways, I'll just list off the previous ex-wives. Uh, Sharon Williams, producer legend Gail Ann Hurd, mm. Catherine Bigelow, uh, directing legend, uh, who they're still like uh, basically co-workers to an extent. Like I believe Catherine Bigelow is one of the first people to see Avatar, if not completed, like in its near completed well, form. I think he's still on good terms with like most of his ex-wives. Well, uh, and Linda Hamilton, and then Susie Amos is the person he's been married to for yes. twenty-two years. But yeah, but also remember that was the other thing about Avatar was it was the year of Avatar and the year of the Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. And like, I, that was the big story at the time. It was. And I've gone back looking. I've been obsessed with James Cameron interviews, whether or not I love or hate Way of Water, right? Like, I've just, I like hearing the guy talk because he's such a fucking big brain, like, just fucking yeah, yeah. machismo. Like, I find him fascinating, regardless, yeah. right? His technique, his his uh, his storytelling, the the actual tech behind it, like, I find it just utterly Well, that was the point I was trying to make initially where I was saying, like, I didn't want to praise him too much, but he is a guy who, like, not only can he kind of, like, see where things are going, he can make it happen and then drag everyone along with him. Mm-hmm. 
which he has done like four times in his career. Yeah, and he's also a like I brought up the, the older interviews because like during the the Catherine Bigelow versus James Cameron like Oscars uh, contention that was not between them that was definitely like headline tableau stuff like yeah, yeah. they they were very supportive of each other openly in public maybe behind closed doors they're like I'll fucking destroy you who yeah, knows but right it, but, I, I mean it's still it's more the juicy story you know of course of course um, but to your point about him like bringing people along like listen to him talk about like the Weta works of uh, like what's they were like producing in way of water. And he's like, you just see what they did here. And it's like, <laughs> like, you know, him and John Landau, producer John Landau, who we've talked about before as well from the alien yes. days. Um, they will say like, we challenged them to try and achieve this, but challenge is doing a heavy lifting. That word is <laughs> a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. But they're also very openly saying like, look at what like this team did. It's, it's less about, the them, you know. I think yeah. you and I both yeah, try to avoid like uh, the individual, like auteurist praise. He he tends to be good about that. Although I bring this up every time I can, there is a hysterical making of documentary on the Terminator Two, one of the Terminator Two releases, and the entire point of this documentary is just James Cameron being like, "Fuck Jurassic Park, I got there first, <laughs> like." <laughs> That is, like, the entire point of it. Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. Hold on one second. Yeah, yeah. What? Yes! Good lord. If I can tell people, like, seven times, yes, I fed the cats. <laughs> no one listens to me. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. Fuck, fucking... Ugh. I was making a point. <laughs> I got interrupted. Uh, James Cameron, Terminator 2. James Cameron, Terminator 2. Because, like, he wanted the. He he was. They were so obsessed with the, like. He was like, people didn't understand, like, how to make the. Like, they. Like, the Liquid Terminator. He was. He's basically, like, patting himself on the back, being like, the Liquid Terminator is. Was too much for people to understand. Like, it was like people saw the CGI, but they couldn't see how to use it. And then Jurassic Park comes along, and people are like, oh, we can make dinosaurs with it. Like, it's just him trying to be like, fuck Jurassic Park, which I just, I, I just find that so funny. Um, but hey, uh, hey, remember 2009 is this weird year where, because 2008 is the year the Dark Knight does not get nominated for Best Picture. Yes. <laughs> which is like this big deal. 2009, they just suddenly like, okay, now like up to 10 films can get nominated for Best Picture. Um, which are they still doing that? They can. They very rarely do. Sometimes it's like yeah. eight movies a year, and I'm like, wait, well, yeah, even like, bother? Then it felt like for a while they were like doing eight and nine, and then like it feels like these last few years I've only heard like maybe six. Like it feels like the number went down. I think last year was eight, maybe. But also, I don't even remember what won Best Picture last year. Uh, Coda. I remember because that's one of the ones where I was like, really? That after last year. That last no, year had like some incredible films. That's the one, but whatever. I am not making this up. I do not know what Coda is. Okay, well there you go. I, I, I do not. I'm sure I knew about it when people were talking about it. I, you could describe any movie right now and I'd be like, I guess that's what Coda is. Uh, Coda is a film about Jake Sully, who <laughs> a paraplegic uh, former soldier. 
<laughs> who has to go to Pandora? Oh, that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 2009 is this year where like the Academy nominates both Avatar and District Nine for Best Picture, and it's this weird year of like genre films are kind of legitimized, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I brought this up before on the show, but there was a big push that year to get Star Trek 09 nominated for Best Picture. I don't know if people remember this, but there was I, a big push. I don't really remember that. Uh, it, there was a big push, and I'm not talking about, like, there were, like, actual, like, movie critics arguing in favor of it. Which is just, that's crazy to think about in retrospect. That is, I love that movie. I think that still holds the fuck up. Um, I don't, I wouldn't have argued for it, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> that's all. I mean, same. Uh, it seems. To, I, I mean, I think it got a lot of people into Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, it did. Um, Had a little but, trouble uh, holding that attention, I guess we'll say. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, but that's because the second movie was terrible. Yes. Um, hey, uh, when uh, when Red Letter Media did their review of Star Trek '09, like they did a whole bit about like how the movie goes out of its way to make sure no one thinks the characters are gay. You mm-hmm. know, um, which is which is true. But, like, if, that feels more like a comedy thing. But, like, the more I think about it, there is a huge attempt to make sure no one in Rise of Skywalker comes across as gay. Yeah. Like, where Poe suddenly... I mean, uh, yeah, Poe Dameron suddenly has a love interest from years ago. Yeah, but she also rejects him. Yeah, but, the, like, that doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, they go out of their way to be like, see, he's not gay. He's not getting any, though. Yeah, it's like, that's a, that's a really... Uh, like, of all the things to be concerned about doing in that movie. Could have spent um, some time developing a single story idea. Could have been doing literally anything else at that time. <laughs> I, I should say, of the people I follow on Letterboxd, I am the one standing with a rave three-star reviews review of Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Look, Abrams is not a bad action filmmaker. He is, unfortunately... A very poor storyteller. So that gets in the way of his action filmmaking. Yeah. There's also nothing like amazing when it comes to the action. Like I don't there's very impressive action setups in that very bad movie. There are moments, but he's a more I would consider him a competent action director. He should be the baseline. The fact that he is like I, I want him to just do like lower budget stuff. You know, it's like it's kind of the shows the the dire state of, I think, Hollywood, not the entire film industry across the world. I think that's also something I've been trying to push for more as I'm talking about movies. Like when people say movies are especially bad today, I definitely think it's like a Hollywood problem, not other parts of the world problem. You know, I mean, like people rallying around RRR, a movie I also loved and would fucking just be over the moon about if it got, like, genuine awards play here in America. Uh That's also, like, not an uncommon, like, style of filmmaking in India. Like, Uh movies like that exist all the time over there. Yeah. (laughs) You know? It's just important to remember that, I think. Um, I don't know how I got to that point anymore. Let's keep talking about James Cameron. Let's keep talking about James Cameron. So, like, I'm just kind of obsessed with the wilderness years of James Cameron. Um, just making this fucking movie. And then suddenly, it felt like suddenly 
you know, like, I, I just remember the movie, it, there was just this thing, it was just said Avatar, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it just said that on IMDb for the longest time. And there was very little information, like, out there that I was aware of, you know? Mm-hmm. And there was also the story of, like, James Cameron can't decide if he wants to do Avatar or Alita. You that know? I also remember. And again, not yeah. understanding what either of those titles meant. <laughs> I, Alita was at least a manga that I was able to go out and buy and read. Yes, but I also hated anime at that time. So. Um, why? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, it was funny. I, I actually talked to an old podcasting buddy of ours about that before. And I, uh, I used to make jokes on Twitter all the time about, like, fuck anime. And then I was like, wait, am, am I just making, like, like tan- tangentially racist jokes? <laughs> so, like if I'm like dismissing an entire like like aspect of a culture, you know, like an artistic side of a culture, like is that is that what I'm doing? And so I, I cut back on those a lot. I it's been a weird decade of growth yeah. for me. That's also all. saying fuck anime is a lot like saying fuck Technicolor. A little bit, yeah. Like, like you know, <laughs> well, hey, like that's some people weird, do weird. do say fuck like digital cameras and stuff like that, but those yeah. people also don't know how to make movies so it's fine i mean unless you're quentin tarantino in which case i just want you to stop talking for a while like in general he has a podcast i know i know Um, thankfully it hasn't sparked as many like conversations as i thought it would that's good like i thought i thought it would kind of be like every week there would be a new thing because tarantino would say something insane yeah hey i'm kind of glad none of that happened with james cameron yeah. Like, it's just, everyone knows that the, the, the fucking generic-ass, like, superhero conversation well, that's, does that's stuff. The, that's all it, that happens now. But that but doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, like, they can't not ask him about it. Yeah. I would just do the, like, I would just start making up answers. Be like, what do you think of superheroes? And it was like, I ghost-directed Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> that's why it's the best one. And then everyone just yeah. starts booing at him. Yeah. Except for me. And I'm like, yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, we just start saying like clearly bad ones were like good. <laughs> like, <laughs> or the Dark World is like a high point for the MCU. <laughs> that it's would like, be amazing. Yeah, they should like, start saying that shit. Yeah, because like, like I was just giving sane answers so people stopped asking me questions mm-hmm. like that. Well, hey, he uh, did, we also talked about it on the Spider-Man uh, podcast that he also almost did a Spider-Man movie. Yeah. With a he very, very bad. bad screenplay. The worst screenplay of his... I've ever read, yeah, <laughs> by a significant margin. Uh, that that boy was a yeah, horn dog. Sometimes there are those like greatest movies never made, and then you like read the scripts and you're like, there was a reason why this movie wasn't yeah. made. Although like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Doctor Octopus, is kind of an incredible image. It's interesting, <laughs> but I mean, we got Mister Freeze. What a great journey through Hollywood this episode has been so far. Yeah, I mean, there's a we got we got to remember there's a lot happening here. Batman and Robin is the same year as Titanic. Oh, okay. Well, here here's another point in the the era of Titanic Avatar. Before Titanic was released in 1995, James Cameron had a a, a scriptment. That's a script treatment, a, a mix of script prose and just paragraphs of dialogue and descriptions. For Avatar, and I actually have it. It's publicly available. I'll link in the show notes because it's fascinating. We get great insights. Like, we get to meet the character of Josh Sully. (laughs) 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 Which, (laughs) 
I, there's been that's a like uh, the Turtle of the Wills <laughs> yeah. notes in uh, Lucas, where it's like Mace Windy. Like, <laughs> Welcome to like, Josh whoa. Sully's world. I'm just going to read a quick little bit from the opening. Welcome to Josh Sully's world. It is a century from now, and the population of our tired planet has tripled. Finally, drowning in its own toxic waste, starvation, and poverty. Finally. <laughs> The population has topped out at a nice even twenty billion. Um, that's the opening to to the scriptment. Um, uh, wow, by a few billion. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, the general structure of the story is all here from like I guess day one for him. You know, <laughs> um, the Josh Sully thing is just fucking hysterical to me. Like, yeah. Jake Sully's not like a. It's not exactly Luke Skywalker. You know. But Jake Sully is like a, a a normal name. Josh Sully sounds like very. How do I put this? It sounds like very uh, first year screenwriting student name. Who knows though? Who knows? Like if if who knows if he had stuck with it, maybe we'd all be like, yeah, Josh Sully. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe maybe that would have been the key. There there would have been no Avatar discourse had he stuck with the name Josh. We have to talk about the other funny one, um, uh, where James Cameron almost does the Planet of the Apes remake. Oh yeah 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 um, yeah. I don't know like, this much about this one though. Well, it was it was. It, I don't think there's much out there because it's it's one of those things where it it like it was uh, it the conversation lasted about five minutes. It was that thing of like Titanic. He's finishing up that everyone in Hollywood, including James Cameron are like, you've just directed the biggest bomb of all time. Right. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's like, this is like, this is going to be a disaster. So he's like, I need to sign onto a project tomorrow. Like <laughs> I need to have something in the pocket. So in, when Titanic bombs, I can be like, Hey, I'm already working on a movie. And so he, he planted the Apes, which was this famous project where people were, like, desperately trying to get it made. It went through, like, tons of different writers and directors. He comes aboard for, like, maybe half a year. And then the moment Titanic comes out and is, like, the biggest movie of all time, he was like, I'm done. Like, I don't yeah. want to do it. <laughs> now, And I think he was just kind of going to do, like, a straight remake. Okay, but was that one of the ones that Arnold tried to... No, yeah, Arnold was going to be in it. Okay, yeah. okay. And then that was a really interesting period of Arnold's career, like the mid to late 90s. Like this isn't an Arnold Schwarzenegger podcast, uh, although he yeah. should pop up in one of the Avatar sequels, in my opinion, um, yeah. as like a member of the company or some military governor or whatever. Uh, but He should show up. He should show up like uh, Orson Welles <laughs> as Lou Lord at the end of the Muppets movie. Okay. <laughs> Get me the rich and famous contract for the Navi. Like... <laughs> Well, I just want to say, because he, he also, Schwarzenegger also tried to get Ridley Scott to do I Am Legend. They almost did that together. He almost he does Paul Verhoeven's. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. What an interesting alternate universe. Yeah. He almost did a movie. There's there's another one out there I think he almost did with, uh, what's his fuck? Um, uh, Cronenberg. I think they almost did a – him and Cronenberg almost did a movie. I think they almost did a Total Recall together. Well, no, 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 recall, no, no, no. I no. think there was something where, like, they – like, Total Recall didn't end up working because they, they wanted it to be more an Arnold movie than a Total Recall story, you know? Like, that's mm -hmm. the famous thing. And 
I, but I think they had a good enough relationship on it that they kind of talked about doing other projects down the line. And I think we forget that, like, Last Action Hero is something that, like, almost blows up Arnold's entire career. Yeah, even though it's a great film. It's a it's a fine movie. You don't... Oh, this is news I'm, to me. I am not in love with Last Action Hero. Okay. But it is, it is good. It is not, like, a train wreck like people think it is. No, that that is weird that that movie was considered a train wreck for so long, though. Um, I mean, it came out... It, it's a thing where, like, doesn't it release, like, a week after Jurassic Park? Oh, it, yeah. That would... That'll, that'll do it. And it's also parodying a genre that, like, had already peaked by that point. Mm-hmm. And... And then it ends it's up being little, written by one of the guys who kind of kickstarts that genre. <laughs> yeah, it's a little too esoteric. And it's also this thing where it was like, it was written by guys who were trying to parody it. And then the people that came on board later tried to make it a more conventional action movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And it kind of like, it, it doesn't know what it wants to be entirely. There's great stuff in it, though. Um, I don't like the kid in it, is the thing. Oh, no? Yeah, he's like the thing where, like, I don't like that kid's performance, and it kind of derails the movie a little bit for me. Mm. Um, I love the scene where Charles Dance uh, shoots someone on the street (laughs) and waits for, like, consequences. And he's like, I just shot a man. Ah, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a great moment. Um, And uh, the end of the movie, they get chased by fucking death from... (laughs) On the Seventh Seal, <laughs> which uh, that's a choice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's one of those, and also Spielberg almost did it. Was the other thing? Oh. And it was like it was Spielberg had to choose between Last Action Hero and Jurassic Park, and he went with Jurassic Park. And yeah. Well, I hope it works out for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, Cameron almost did Jurassic Park at one point. Oh, maybe that's why he was so bitter about it. Well, there's there's also a famous... Jurassic Park is like a weird thing. We'll probably talk about it more when we do the episode on it for Happy Amblin. But Michael Crichton had gone through like writer's block for five years. Like he was one of those guys who like was just churning out screenplays and stories, you know? Mm-hmm. He goes through five years of writer's block, calls up his agent and is like, I've got it. And he just pitches the basic premise of Jurassic Park of like they can bring dinosaurs back because of fucking Amber, right? Like... Mm-hmm. And his agent was like, we can sell this, like, in five minutes. (laughs) And he went to, like, every studio and was like, pitch us, like, give us a number, and then give us who is going to direct it. And every studio threw out their best director. And I think it was from Fox, Cameron, from Warner Brothers, Tim Burton. Joe Dante was in the mix somewhere. And then the moment Universal was like, we got Spielberg and he wants to do it. It was like, everyone just backed down. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it, that's, everyone just saw that. Like, it's, yeah. it's a perfect moment in history. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, and then he ends up being bitter about it. And then on that, like, weird James Cameron science fiction show, what is that called? Like, Oh, um, James Cameron's, like, something world science fiction. Let me, let me look it up. James Cameron... Story of science fiction. Yes, because there's also the uh, the um, there's also the Ridley Scott science fiction show. Oh, really? I didn't know that. There's like Ridley Scott's history of science fiction, which is it's kind of just Ridley Scott talking. <laughs> but, oh, okay. So that could be either really good or really bad. <laughs> yeah, and 
But, yeah, and he had Spielberg on that, and they kind of talked about Jurassic Park, and it's a weird, like, see, we're equals now. But, like, you can tell they were kind of competitive in the 90s. Uh, we've talked about that before, I believe. God, James Cameron has just been fucking everywhere, even though he's only yeah. made six movies. But yeah, um, I would recommend that. that that series really quickly. Just uh, It's on YouTube. Uh, if you can find it for free, it's available that way, too. <laughs> this uh, year he almost did Dungeons & Dragons as well. Jesus Christ. Um, which, there is a Dungeons & Dragons movie coming out this year. Or next year. Next year, yeah. What's that about? I have no idea. Um, like, where did that it, come from? They've been trying to make another one since, like... I know, but, like, it felt like there should have been a bit more of a wind-up to it. Maybe. It looks fun, though. It looks I, like a heist film, but with dragons. Yeah, I mean, that that could be fun. I mean, d- the concept of Dungeons & Dragons, like, it's become so popular again. Not just because of Stranger Things, but, like, the rise of nerd stuff in general. Yeah, but you also know? there's, like, one of the, some of the biggest shows out there are just watching people play Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah, there, there's big communities for it and stuff like that. And I've always been fascinated by it. I can never commit to playing myself. That's a complete yeah. me problem. But I think it's it's interesting. I think it's cool. Yeah, I've never, I, I wish I could get into it. I haven't been able to either. Yeah. Um, but, and there's also the Alien 5 that, like, that was another thing. In that era, there was always the rumor that James Cameron was coming back to do another Alien, mm-hmm. right? At one point with Ridley Scott, they were working yeah, together. Yeah, they were going to team up, and then Alien vs. Predator destroyed it. Yeah, um, and then, because Ridley Scott, like, will talk shit about that movie, and James Cameron's like, actually, it's my third favorite Alien film. <laughs> This is so funny to me. It's like, whoa, dude. James Cameron has, like, real beef with Alien 3. Yeah. Like, which I kind of get. Like, people kind of dunk on him being like, can you see that it's a masterpiece? But it is, like, you know. I mean, yeah, that was, it was killing babies he birthed. Yeah, it is totally a, like, fuck you to his movie. I don't know about fuck you, but it it definitely. Cameron's not a nihilistic filmmaker. Yeah, and but, but, this proves but, that both him and Ridley have like such a great working relationship and still like respect for each other. Because when he was asked about Alien Covenant and Prometheus, he he really went to bat for Ridley, and he was like, "Alien Covenant's not the movie I would make. I don't believe in in striking down my protagonists after they've succeeded, mm-hmm. but it's what Ridley wants to do, and I think he did a great job of it." And I was like, that's the nicest thing he's ever said about another filmmaker that wasn't Guillermo del Toro. I could say about Alien Covenant. What a great film. Yeah. I love talking about all these great films today. Yeah. Fucking miserable piece of shit movie. (laughs) Um, But also David Fincher, like we've just learned over the years that David Fincher is absolutely a fuck you director. Yeah. So like Alien 3 is definitely a fuck you. Mm -hmm. Like it just is. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. He probably saw that, like, oh, happy ending, and David Fincher's like, this is fucking alien. I'll show you yeah. fucking alien. <laughs> you know he was one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. You know he was. Um, hey, James Cameron produced the, created a show called Dark Angel, which I've never seen. I have not. Do you know what that show is about, though? No idea. It came about after Titanic because James Cameron could not get the tech right for Avatar or Battle Angel Alita, which is, you know, now at this point is going to be Alita Battle Angel for the foreseeable mm-hmm. future. And so the the themes and ideas of his Alita Battle Angel script, he transposed them into a television series called Dark Angel. Okay, okay. Yeah. I guess I should watch it then. I haven't seen it. I can't vouch for it. or, or But it's got a cult reputation. I think it's Jessica Alba's first big role, like starring role ever. Jessica um, Alba is now like a mogul. <laughs> yeah, what, where, where did that go? How did that happen? Like, well, not, this is not pro or anti. I just like, you know. I didn't see that coming, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, I hope she's not one of those like wellness lunatics, though. Yeah, me too. I actually think she's a good actress. Yeah, she was all right. She got like shit for like her perform, but like the movies were just bad. It wasn't really her. Yeah, she's been in bad movies, but like fucking, we're about to talk about Sam Worthington. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I mean, like whatever. I don't, I don't Do care. Remember, there was that like five year period where they tried to make Sam Worthington happen. Yeah, and then right. Sabotage came out, and then you and I were like, "Fuck yeah!" And everyone else is yeah. like, "We're done." <laughs> Yeah. We're done here. <laughs> I forgot we've covered it. So we have we've covered so much around Avatar without ever really getting to it. So if you but... want to know the true gestating legacy of Avatar, it's that Hollywood basically doesn't exist without it at this point. Yeah. So I guess let's just talk about like the lead up to the movie's release a little bit. Yeah, do you remember like the trailers and stuff like that? Well, I this? remember first I just remember that like at some point it was finally like Okay, he's doing Avatar, right? Mm-hmm. Like at some point, like it was like that, and then a s- description of what the movie was came out, and I like, I was like, I don't know what these words mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what it really was. I just remember not like I was like, I can't really wrap my head around this. Um, then, uh, that yes, that trailer dropped, and I was like, this just raises further questions. <laughs> Um, I remember that trailer, and I remember being confused about what I was looking at. <laughs> and I remember that was kind of the general response at the time. All right, um, at least in, like, nerd circles. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it felt like people were like, James Cameron's back, James Cameron's back, James Cameron, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I, just, I only really remember in that trailer was they had a lot of shots of the spaceship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the shot of the avatar in the the, the chamber, right? Yes, like floating in the, and shit. Yeah. yeah, and I just remember being like, "What?" And uh, then, what else happened? Um, I remember the floating mountains, and I remember. Uh, you kind of see Zoe's Saldana's face through, like, that, like, one shot of her that's, like, looking through the bushes or whatever the fuck. Um, I remember that. And then I just remember saying Avatar. And then being like, that's not the last Airbender. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that before, too. This is how fucking prevalent Avatar has been, not just in culture, but our society and our, like, a very existence at this point. There are so many different other reference points we can have about this one movie. But yeah, yeah. I remember being like, is that why the, the movie is just going to be called The Last Airbender? <laughs> you know? Because like, I remember they had announced that before Avatar came out too. Yeah. And I was like, that's strange. Huh? Yeah, They're I, doing I, it wrong. I wonder how much that has played into like the, perce- the perception that Avatar hasn't left an impact. Because when you say Avatar... Most people think of like a lot more vocal people online think of the show. Yeah, like, people our generation when you go Avatar, they think Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Like, and there isn't a like there hasn't really been a push to be like calling it the Last Airbender as opposed to Avatar. So I guess we'll have to reckon with that now that Avatar is back. But, yeah. Um. Yeah. It was. Uh. uh. Yeah, the oh. trailer. I just remember the trailer kind of being a little more dumbfounding than anything else. And I will say, uh, 2009 is probably peak. The the 
I, you know, I, I've always had trash opinions. I continue to have trash opinions on movies. But the disparity between how good I think my opinions are and how bad they actually are is probably the greatest in the year 2009. I would easily... Uh, I, I can co-sign that, I guess is what I'll say. I can easily co-sign that for myself as well. Because I was also, I guess we could say, not a fan of the trailer. I remember, like, this is post-Dark Knight hype. This is fucking on top of the world as a comic book nerd. I'm just getting into The Walking Dead. Like, like the, the comic. This is how fucking much of a nerd I was. I was reading the comic years before the show came out. You know, and I was like, this will make a great show. And I was, like, kind of right for, like, a year. Um, and then the, the Avatar trailers came out, and I was like... From the director of Titanic and Terminator 2 and Aliens? Like, what is this shit? This doesn't look like like as serious as The Dark Knight. You know, like, yeah. I wasn't thinking those exact words, but that's basically what my mind was operating on. Mm. Um, very embarrassing in hindsight. That that's like my, that was my barometer of, like, cinema. I was like, The Dark Knight! And it's like, <laughs> like calm down, Diego. <laughs> 2008 is this weird like peak year for a lot of things for me um in terms of like nerd culture because that is like i have it, i have just gotten an xbox 360 so i'm like team xbox at the time hell yeah um yeah they like i four of those fucking things died on me <laughs> um, oh, only uh, one died on me and it's like i'm peak like it's like bioshock it's Mass Effect, it's Gears, it's Dead Rising. Like, that's all, like, going through my brain. It's so time. cool how all those games, without fail, have aged gracefully. Oh, yeah. Um, well, no, here's, here's what's weird. Like, so, like, they all come out, and it... The bloom is starting to come off the rose in 2009, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that is when a lot of the sequels to games that I bought for the Xbox come out, and it's, like, baffling decisions, because, like, suddenly they all want to be, like, either Gears of War or Halo, right? Like, that's yeah. suddenly the pivot every game franchise makes. And so, 2008 is, like, peak cynicism years for me in a lot of ways. I mean, 2009, peak cynicism years in a lot of ways. Um, so, yeah. What else came out in 2009? Well, 2008, this also goes back to our Speed Racer retrospective. Speed Racer. Uh, which I was very open about not liking at the time mm -hmm. and not really getting into its very, very open-hearted sincerity and mm -hmm. willing cartoon territory. Mm -hmm. um, Avatar is less cartoony, but it is also very sincere, like yes. achingly sincere. Okay, 2008 is also Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh, yep. I forget that that is one of the movies from that year. Uh, um, to be continued on that one as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, how about that new trailer? I don't know if I'm in the right, the right area to say what I think about that trailer. Yeah. Toby Jones is in it. I'm real excited. He yells indie. Kind of the, that was uh, a, a moment of joy, let's just say. Here, I'll, I'll just fucking say it. I think it's a good trailer. Why the fuck would they show the face if it's not finished with the CGI? It's stupid, I, and they shouldn't do that with movie trailers anymore. Thank you. I didn't care about any of that. I, okay. I cared more about the fact that it looks fucking bad. Okay. 
Well, I think it looks good, and I just hate that they we're in this culture where it's like, oh, they're gonna clean that shot up for the movie, and it's like, well, if it's not ready, don't show it. That's that's it. I honestly don't mind that. I do. It's stupid really, and it's really upsetting. Also, if I was like, a director and someone did that without my consent, I'd be very upset. I'd be like, hey, it's not. We're not done, asshole. Sorry, it's a pet peeve just, of mine, I guess. We should just end all marketing and advertising. Hey, considering the pre-sale tickets for uh, Avatar Way of Water, maybe you're right. Because this movie, while it does have a strong marketing behind it, it is n- I've not been bombarded with Avatar shit. Yeah, it's... I mean, I see it before I go to a lot of movies, but that's mainly because the one theater near my house, it only seems to get Marvel movies. And so, of course, Disney is going to put a trailer for it in front of everything. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's part of it. But yeah, it is weird that people are kind of like... That, like, all the fans are back. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, like, it struck a chord. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what we're about to say, Avatar struck a chord with mm. basically the world. Yeah, it's... Not str- people, people. The world. <laughs> yeah, we will get into that. Um, the way you said the world kind of sounded like when Norm MacDonald said the world. When he's like, <laughs> who, did, who did Germany decide to go to the war with? <laughs> the world. <laughs> uh, Norm, Norm could have been a, a Navi... Oh, that would have been great. Now, you know what? Just be Norm and be like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that scene with him and the animal? Um, no. Where he's like, they, there's an angry mob going to hunt the animal, right? Mm-hmm. And suddenly Norm's just there as part of the angry mob. <laughs> and he's like, hey, should we uh, light our torches? <laughs> and it's like, no, wait till it gets dark. He's like, all right. Hey, what if we've already lit our torches? <laughs> <laughs> And it's just like just carry it. He's like, all right. He's like, when, hey, we're getting separated from the mob. Shouldn't we have a place to meet up so we can be a big mob again? And the guy's like, stick with the mob. He's like, ah, stick with the mob. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. thing. Uh, doesn't this guy deserve a fair trial? <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Should we so, burn down Home Tree yet? No, 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 no. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't integrated with the Navi society yet. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. What if the Navi are still in the Home Tree when we start burning it down? Uh, use the smoke grenades, chase them out. Use smoke grenades, got it. <laughs> hey, <laughs> the smoke grenades don't work. He's like, open fire, it should scatter them. All right, open fire, scatter them. He's like, hey, hey, uh, isn't this tree their home? <laughs> <laughs> it would kind of be perfect. <laughs> he could have been one of Sigourney's assistants. Yeah, kind of. It would have been It would have been a choice. Hey, <laughs> Jake Sully, what happened hey, to your Jake. legs? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy. I think one of the basic requirements of being an avatar is having legs. <laughs> Sorry, that's a norm joke about Oscar Pistorius. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Um, that yeah. was the avatar retrospective, everyone. Was, yeah, we're done. <laughs> Goodbye, uh, Jonathan Demi. All right. W- without looking... So we all know Avatar was the number one movie of 2009, right? Mm-hmm. All right, try to guess the other nine movies. Don't look anything up. Okay, okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I'll, I'll say them really fast then. District 9? Nope. Uh, no. Star Trek 09? No. No, what the fuck? Um, uh, I was going to say Hugo, but that just came out for like two years. <laughs> Hugo um, bombed, by the way. <laughs> fuck, that's right, huh? God, this fucking culture, this fucking world. You have people sicking me with your Joker twos. Um, 
you know, you I have not, no idea. You will not be. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be like 27 dresses or something like that. <laughs> it's not that, but like you're kind of going in a better direction. Oh, uh, The Hangover. Yes. Okay. Uh, Transformers 2. Now I'm remembering. Yes. I'm having to, I'm, like like Jake entering his Navi form, I'm having to go into my own mind and to cringe so, so like, 2009 Diego's mind. Four. That's four. So there's two movies what? between Avatar and Transformers. Try to guess those two. <sighs> mm. It's probably like some espionage movie or something. No, no, no. They're, they are franchises. God damn it. Oh, uh, the, the Chipmunks movie? There's a Chipmunks nope. movie in there? Really? Oh. Nope. You're, in the, you're kind of on the right path with Chipmunks. Oh, God. Smurfs? Did Smurfs come out yet? No, no. Um... Um, chipmunks might be a little too misleading. Okay. Uh, there is a chipmunk-esque character in one of these movies. Uh, is it like a Disney movie? No, it's actually a Fox film. So hmm. Fox had two of the top three. Fuck. Uh... The other is a Warner Brothers movie. Insidious. Nope. <laughs> when does Insidious come out? It's I don't know. Actually, that might be two thousand nine. That's around there. Yeah, That's around there. Um. Yeah, I got nothing. I got nothing. Okay. Now I'll, I'll go. I'm gonna go down the list. Okay. Okay. Avatar number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, Harry Potter and the Half Blood. Oh fuck! So and obvious. I'll, and also, I gotta say, like, I know that the uh, the gross on Avatar is partly re-releases, right? But there is a nearly $2 billion gap mm-hmm. between Avatar and Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. We'll, we'll talk about that, too, because I guess we can just talk about it really quick right now, just because re-release shit. But um, people were like, oh, well, they just re-released it to like beat Avengers Endgame again. Like, well, I'm sure that's part of it, but also that was like a China government decision. They wanted yeah, yeah. people to pump money back into their movie industry, and Avatar is one of the biggest movies ever over there as well, so... That's why they did that. And also note, it was not like a $10 million bump. That was an over $100 million bump from recent re-releases. Yeah. So people like went to go see it like they were seeing a new movie. Yeah, yeah. I'd like, that's crazy. It was fucking Amsterdam, but yeah. that's uh. a whole other discussion. Um, number three is Ice Age. Dawn oh of the my Dinosaurs. God. <laughs> I remember liking that movie. Um, I don't think I've seen it, actually. Okay. I don't, I don't feel the need to revisit it. But. Number four, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen, a movie I snuck into, walked out of, and bullied a Regal employee into giving me a refund for a ticket I didn't buy. That's – I'm pretty sure that's illegal, but the statute of limitations is passed. So. Hey, what are you going to do? Okay. Um, Regal has no power. Um, number five <laughs> is 2012. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a boring movie. Yes, it is. Um, number six is Up. Oh, Pixar. So this part, this is that's the peak of Pixar. It goes downhill from there. Um, number seven, Twilight Saga: New Moon. I don't know how I forgot that one. I definitely I mean, saw that in a the theater. Those because those movies are timeless. You can't place. Them. <laughs> I mean, a little bit, <laughs> maybe accidentally, but a little bit. Number eight, Sherlock Holmes. Oh, I like that one. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. I, do. I actually like the first Sherlock Holmes one, too. Um, number nine, Angels and Demons, which I don't think anyone even remembers. I do. You know why? Why? Because I think it's tons of fun. Okay. I, you know what? I've never seen it. It's No, it, you'll hate it. It's so fucking stupid. It is one of the stupidest movies ever made. I've the others take themselves people, way though, too seriously, but that one I've, is great. I've heard from a lot of people that Angels and Demons is kind of like a huge step up from the Da Vinci Code. So if it's like on national treasure levels, I might enjoy it. Yes, but more violent. <laughs> yeah, I would assume. Yeah. And then 10 was The Hangover. Okay. Um, and hey, here's something to think about that I just I kind of just realized. So 2009... Is the is kind of the first real recession year? Um, I guess it happens in two thousand eight, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when it hits everyone. But two thousand nine is the first year where we all have to live through it. And it's weird that, that on the other end of it, everyone was like at, voted with their money. Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> At the time when Americans are more concerned about their money than ever, they were like, "We're going to see this movie in three D IMAX." I guess people really needed an escape at the time. And now Avatar 2 is coming out post-global pandemic and possible beginnings of a recession. Um, it's like we've been bubbling on the recession for like five years at this point. That yeah. it's either the dam's going to break or we're never leaving this ever again. Yeah, or it's just like one of those things where like the way to beat a recession is to make a mini recession last four years. Maybe. Like, um, but yeah, it is weird. What's, you know what's dumb about our economy is that we can't talk about the re- a recession because it might cause a recession, <laughs> <laughs> which feels like a big mistake in designing the economy. Yeah, like that alone should be like, hey, maybe maybe this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this way doesn't work if we can't even like, talk like, about the problems. Like, you know, like fuck Joe Biden, but like he has to come out and be like, actually, the economy is good even when it's not. Yeah. But like if he came out and said the economy was bad, he would crash the economy. <laughs> <laughs> like he can't do that. That's why they have to keep pumping him up full of horse tranquilizers or whatever. Whatever the fuck's going on there. Yeah, when he's just like fucking ogling the turkeys on thanksgiving and shit. i drove past his house um when i went to see glass onion that's how far i had to drive to go see glass Onion. wow and it was like a really like weird like stormy night where like there was fog on the road and shit like that odd time it sounds more like a knives out vibe kind of yeah uh. um but i got it was a good that was a good father son bonding experience because we talked about how much we didn't like joe biden how much oh we nice Oh, yeah, 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 good, good, that's good. Um, but, hey, but, yeah, so, weird weird time for movies. Very um, weird time. Um, I, th- I did not write this in 2009. I wrote this in one of my earliest articles at the uh, now-long-gone audienceseverywhere.net, where I wrote that Avatar was never good, and my take on that initially was because 2009 was a very weak year for blockbusters. Mm-hmm. Like, very weak. Like, we were just hyping up Star Trek 09. It's like, no, that one holds up. And it's like, okay, District 9, there, there's d- debate about whether or not it does hold up. Most people still generally like it, right? And then you ran down the rest of that top 10 list, and it's like, ooh. It is pretty dire. It is a that's, pretty dire. Yeah, that's, that was rough. Um, I still love Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I know you do not. It's you know um, what it was better on rewatch. Okay, 
that I remember it, but it was also like it's like half a good movie and half a bad one. Okay. Like that, I, I fucking just like kind of worship Bruno Delbanel like as a cinematographer, and he's doing like some amazing stuff at the you camera. Can, you, know, lighting. you know, Diego, you can do that without saying positive things about the movie itself. No, I think it's a good movie in general, but his work is like stupendous in but that no, movie. But no, like Diego, every time you defend a movie that's clearly trash, you always go like, "Yeah, but the cinematographer." It's like, <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you on the cinematographer. No, no, no. But the, in this case, the movie is good. No, but it's not. No, it, it is. Um, Anyways, but yes, the rest of that list is pretty rough. It's like you, you mentioned, yeah. like up, and it's like, okay, there you go, you got another one, and then everything else was like one of the, like. Notoriously, some of the worst sequels ever made. I mean, there were good movies that year, obviously. <laughs> no, there were, there were, but that was like definitely my stance on like why people flock to Avatar after a year of basically disasters. <laughs> um, Avatar's simplicity like really welcomed people into like the escapism side of cinema, and I argued that like you know. Uh, a story needs substance. Like, style isn't substance. That was my big talking point. And now, almost 10 years on, I'm like, what the fuck was I talking about? Style, of course, can be substance. Now, that doesn't mean that Avatar is stylistically interesting or interesting in terms of its own substance and, like, or story and structure. <laughs> That's... One could argue that. One could argue against that. Um... Oh, hey, Zombieland came out in 2009. See what I mean? Some, some <laughs> real... I haven't revisited it. I'm happy to leave it in the past. The fact that that was able to crack, like, some top ten lists is, like, an example of how bad that year was. I think so. Um, yeah. Shout out to but, Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I do do that a lot, don't I? I'm catching myself now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, what was I going to say? I had a point. All right, so... When when did you first see Avatar? In theaters. Obviously. 3D. <laughs> Everyone saw it in theaters. Not IMAX. Oh, here's another thing I, I wanted to mention. Everyone in my classes uh, were, like, ecstatic about it. Everyone I talked to movies about with, anyways, was ecstatic and excited. Mm -hmm. And then the open weekend came out, they all loved it. And I was like, yeah, the 3D was cool. <laughs> that was it. I did not like it at first. Yes. I did not. I was not engaged with it. Now, I was definitely the dances with Smurfs fucking smug bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 2009 for me is a very weird year. Um, it is the year I basically, I, 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 I get sick in 2008, right? I've had, I've talked about it on the show. I've had medical issues over the years. I get sick in 2008 2009, I, like, make it to Christmas break um, at the end of 2008, and then I'm like, I cannot go back. Like, I'm too sick to go back to high school. Um, by – I try going back to high school in 2009 at the start of the next year, and then that one I make it, like, maybe a month, and then it becomes apparent I'm too sick again. Uh, so, like, that, that that's a cloud hovering over me at this time, Right. So, like, I am not hyped about anything in 2009, <laughs> frankly. Um, I didn't have the energy for it. And, uh, I, I, like, I, I, wasn't, um, I wasn't at all hyped for Avatar, which was weird, considering, like, how much I'd been paying attention to it up to that point. Um, I, see, I see Avatar under the worst circumstances possible. 
uh, which is there is no IMAX screen in my town, right? That's mm-hmm. actually not true. We do have an IMAX screen, but it was at like the uh, at a children's museum, right? And because the city didn't want to shell out money for a large enough IMAX camera, they could only run movies that were under 90 minutes long. So we never got any movies in IMAX at an actual IMAX screen. Like, I'm not talking about, like, the fake ones you go to see where it's just, like, a big screen. I'm talking about, like, the actual curved IMAX screen, um, which was it was great for watching nature documentaries, but uh, did not get to see Avatar on that. It wasn't 3D. I get to get to see it. Um, I think it might be the first 3D movie I go that's part of the new wave of 3D. Um there had been a few before this, right? Like, yeah, you know, Beowulf yeah. was released in 3D. Yeah, there were stuff you could always see them like trying it out. Like, this is definitely the business side of of the industry trying to like get more money from like the consumer pocket. And then yeah, James yeah. Cameron was like, "What if I could put people in the movie?" And you're like, "Okay, James." And then the world comes out of the movie being like, "I felt like I was in the movie." Yeah. So. <laughs> but like, it was it's like I knew it was back, but I hadn't really experienced it. So like. There's that. I, so, like, I, you know, there's a whole, like, there's also kind of, like, a weird metagame with 3D. At least there used to be. I have not seen a 3D movie in, like, five years. Um, it Way has, of Water will be the first 3D movie I see, I've seen. I think forever. this is the first 3D movie I will have seen since the original 2012 Avengers. Jesus. All yeah. right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, like, it's just been a while. Um I know when the Star Wars, the new Star Wars came out, I think I saw the first two of those in 3D. Because that was kind of the only way to see them initially. Mm-hmm. On like a big enough screen. Um, but yeah, so like, it's been a little while. Um, and you just, if you sit in the wrong place in a theater, that kind of, it, it, the 3D doesn't really work sometimes. At least it did then on like a regular regal in the middle of fucking nowhere central New York screen, right? Mm-hmm. I can't speak for every theater. Um, I have ju- I had just had my first major surgery the week before this movie comes out, and the the fallout of that um, could fill a whole book in terms of how much of a nightmare that was. Um, and I am on a fuck ton of painkillers <laughs> uh, when I go to see this. Uh, when I'm in the hospital recovering from surgery, my dad bought me an Avatar t-shirt, which I did not ask for. <laughs> and it was it had a Navi on it, and the Navi eyes glowed in the dark. Oh, hey. There you go. That's cool. I don't know where that shirt is now. but <laughs> Yeah, I was about to say, do you still have that? Like... I, 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 I put a bunch of shirts of mine in a box and then packed them away, but I don't know where they are anymore. <laughs> so... Do you remember that Avatar bootleg shirt that made the rounds? It was like a, a, a fucking iconic meme. It was like Star Wars. And then it had like the Avatar people with like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I laughs> with, like Iron Man. <laughs> oh, no, I just found it. It says the Avengers and it's like Jake Sully is a Navi, Batman and Spider-Man. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I would like, I would get that shirt now, just because um, people understand me, hopefully. And you know what? And much like I'm about to do with Way of Water, I saw the first Avatar in like week two, right? Mm-hmm. And so like I've already the the hype is kind of like it's already gone off like a rocket. The people are like, you're not gonna fucking believe this shit. And so like I I, I have that primed going into the movie. 
Um, I did not hate the movie, but I also did not enjoy it. And I mostly kind of didn't understand it. <laughs> and was like, I don't know why, what the big deal is. Did not even bother to attempt to re-see it in theaters. Um, despite the fact that it like stayed in theaters forever and people didn't shut up about it for at least six months. Yeah, I think it's it's the it has the longest legs of like any movie in human history, right? Yeah, Titanic like, probably still has a beat. Oh, maybe yeah. Was that movie like stayed in theaters for like two years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fucking James Cameron, how does he do that? I don't know. I don't Actually, know. I think I know how, but we'll we'll get there. Um, so you you and I didn't like it upon initial viewing. And I don't think I went up opening weekend. By the way, I'm pretty sure I went week two or three but i, I also my dad too wait. who responded really positively to it and um then i had one other friend that was kind of the movie friend and they really liked it and they were all upset it didn't win best picture <laughs> um so there was that angle um but yeah and then like i maybe watched it once on dvd after that and then did not watch it again for five years. Okay. I saw it again on an early bootleg copy while it was still in theaters with some family. And it, was a, it wasn't it was a great... I mean, bootleg's not, like, great in, in general. I, I yeah. do not... Uh, maybe, maybe I don't encourage that, I guess, in, in, in the old traditional sense. But um, I remember just being like, this is, like boring and it was one of those bootlegs where it's like sometimes it would kind of skip over entire scenes and sections oh, boy. yeah so everyone was like we didn't like it and now i'm like obviously we didn't fucking like it you know uh and then later i ended up watching it finally um on a uh blu-ray because my godparents really responded to it and i was like what like what <laughs> why um <laughs> It wasn't a blue. No, it was a DVD. It was like a special edition DVD, mm. but it it did look stunning, and I was like, okay, I could see like the visuals, but the visuals aren't the story. That was my big thing. I could not get over the hurdle that it wasn't an interesting story, mm -hmm. uh, no matter how pretty it was. Because special effects, you could have the best special effects in the world, but you don't have a good story. Yada yada yada, right? A um, uh, couple years ago, I watched it again. I'm like, you know what? It's probably James Cameron's worst movie, but it's pretty good. It's 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 pretty pretty fucking good movie. Then during the pandemic, after the world has ended, mm -hmm. two years ago now, I revisit Avatar, and I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I am completely on board with Avatar. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great movie. I think it is maybe it's a, it's the upper half of James Cameron's filmography for me for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't think anything will ever dethrone T2 for me. That's just like, like that's been in my life for so long, you know, as like the movie. Mm -hmm. um, I think it is a beautiful movie about understanding each other and our connection to nature. And it's very simple. And I think that's okay because it expresses every ounce of emotion with the most visual, like, the, the most dynamic way possible through his visuals. Um, it makes spectacle emotion. Or it makes emotion spectacle, I should say. And I've only seen it, like, twice in full since then. Mm 
Uh, but I frankly listened to the score by the late, great James Horner a lot, who is no longer with us and is no longer able to, you know, compose anything because he's dead. Um, <laughs> like, I was like, like worded that one better. <laughs> no, that could have been worded way better, but um, I think his work here with this, with, uh, with this score was amazing. Like, just mm. out of this world amazing. Um, and I listened to the score quite a bit. And uh, I'll put the movie on in the background just to have something on because it looks great. It sounds great. And uh, I completely understand why it was the biggest movie of all time and why it remains that way. Now it's time for Matt Gringo to talk. Yeah. Um, I, all got, right. I got the sense of something. So um, clearly you have not seen – you did not see me tweeting through the movie last night. I guess I fucking didn't. Um Anyway, uh, yeah, so I watched it once, like, five years after it came out, um, and I, I honestly, like, I didn't, I, I've never hated Avatar, you know? Like, it kind of just, like, it was, like, I'm not connecting with it, and it's also too long. Like, that was kind of my take, right? Mm-hmm. I don't connect with it, it's too long. Um, now, as people, like, as the, the conversation kind of got louder and louder about, like, James Cameron's betting a lot on Avatar, like, what the fuck do you think? Like, you know, like, that's dumb, right? Like, people are, like, really, like, coming down on the man. And I was, like, very much, like, don't bet against James Cameron, I think was the thing I've said for a while. And I was never saying it as an Avatar fan, just as, like, James Cameron, like, seems to, like, he just wins, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's weird, but, like, I wouldn't be shocked if way of water is as big a hit as avatar and people are like that's silly and then like i kind of felt the conversation swinging more in that direction lately right mm-hmm. like you feel more people being like actually james cameron's gonna fucking win like like suddenly everyone's on board and we went through like avatar 2 kept getting delayed and then suddenly it goes from being two more movies to like four more movies um there's so much weirdness about it um, James Cameron, like, coming out and saying, like, I've already shot, like, the next movie, and then, like, having to walk that statement back a little bit. Like, there's a lot, like, the the, the time between is really strange. And always being someone who was like, I've never really liked Avatar, but, like, I am excited for the second one, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing in Avatar that made me go, I would never want to see a sequel to this. Um, then the... Uh, yeah, you get more and more people kind of being more vocally pro-Avatar and, like, saying that, like, saying it left a cultural impact is dumb. Like, that's been a lot more of the conversation this last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you've, you've felt, I've felt the shift. Um, then you get, the then when the 3D re-release happens, everyone I know goes to see it and is like, it's great. Like, everyone is suddenly like, this is a great movie. Right. Yes. Like, which is uh, how I also uh, rewatched it this year as yeah. well. And it, yeah, they were and correct. It like something hits me like I really haven't seen Avatar in. I still haven't. I have not seen Avatar in 3D IMAX. I've seen it in 3D, but not IMAX. Um, and so it kind of hit me. I was like, oh, that's that's you know maybe I've never really experienced it the right way for a plethora of reasons. I don't get a chance to see it when it's in theaters. Um, Amsterdam fucking knocks it out of IMAX, which is ridiculous to think about. Uh, there's that movie had no business being in an IMAX theater. Uh, 
And because of that, I'm also like, now I'm like a little like annoyed that I didn't get to see it, right? Like, mm-hmm. So I put it off. And then it's coming around. It's the movies. Next one's coming out. We have to record this episode. I'm like, I should finally find time to sit down and rewatch Avatar. And at this point, I will. I want to stress, at this point, I am going to this movie ready to love it, you know? Yeah. I am 100%. I am open to this. Like, I'm, I want the movie to fucking floor me. I want to be like, I was so wrong about this. I am more open. James Cameron's been basically doing a victory lap in every interview lately. Like, and it's been great to see. I'm like, I am so... I was never more pro Avatar than I was five minutes before I put the movie on. <laughs> um, and I, I did not watch it in 3D IMAX. I watched it streaming over Disney Plus, which is like the polar opposite of 3D IMAX, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not only did I not enjoy it all these years later... Um, I think I liked it the least I've ever liked it. No! <laughs> I walked out of it going, Avatar 2009 is a bad movie. No! And um, it was a mistake to rewatch it. No! <laughs> I wish, I honestly wish I had not rewatched it before Way of Water. Um, yeah, it's a bad movie. No. Um. And it's very long. That is true. It's, uh, I, I, you know, I don't want to go here immediately, but, um, it's kind of an offensive movie. <laughs> See that, that talking point at least is, is like, like the noteworthy like the criticism like, that I, I think we have I, to if, have. If I drop that. You know, if I put if I put that out there, like I kind of just win the argument, right? Like no one can argue against the movie not being offensive, right? What do you mean? I have Navi friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I, I know exactly what you mean. Maybe even that uh, joke was a little in bad taste, but you know what really didn't help was hearing West Studi's voice coming out of a blue cat person. Oh, like that really didn't help. Um, who? Yeah, literally a guy from Dances with Wolves is now a fake Indian. On, oh, I'm gonna use the word the word Indian instead of Native American or Indigenous person because that's what this is. It's offensive to even equate this with Indigenous peoples. It's equal to movie Indians. Um, but yeah, it's not good. Um. And I really didn't respond to it. Sam Worthington and Zoe Saldana have negative charisma. No! Okay. Zoe Saldana is working her ass off, though. She's, she comes the closest. It is one of those where I was kind of like, they should have made the movie about her. Um, the characters are pathetically one, though. In, and James Cameron has done all of these archetypes before and done them a lot better throughout his career. Every element in Avatar he has done in one of his other movies and he has done them better. It's Avatar should be a movie where it's James Cameron doing a victory lap on his whole career and just taking all the elements that worked in his previous movies and putting them into one movie. And instead it's like if he had phoned it in on every other movie before this. 
and he put it it's like it's like we got the b-roll of the rest of his career oh no 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 um, i i cannot i cannot abide that it's at uh, all it was embarrassing um and yeah uh it 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 lost me fairly quickly um i think that the voiceover really hurts it um now the voiceover is interesting because it's ultimately like a confession, you know. Mm-hmm. Like I like the framing device almost, but by the time that we get to that reveal at the end of the movie that you can see coming a mile away, um, I was a hundred percent against the movie. <laughs> like I was, I was so tapped out by like the last ten minutes of it that like nothing was landing. Um, I. Uh, I honestly am at a loss as to what people are responding to in this. I'll give you a chance to make your argument. Um, I can tell you the exact moment where I kind of turned on it, though. Okay, do you want to hold that for like a second? If, or do you well, want to say what, what, uh I don't want you to give your argument just yet. Okay. I want to keep mine out there, and then I want to give you the chance to kind of come back from it. Like, okay, can I tell you something that might make you at least like laugh about this a little bit more? Hmm. <laughs> All right, so because of, again, I've mentioned, I've been watching a lot of the James Cameron interviews and stuff like that, and some of the cast. So he's in this, like, I don't remember what which interview this was, but it's with um, Sam Worthington, Zoe Saldana, uh, and James Cameron. And then um, they're all hyping up Zoe Saldana because she's in, like, the biggest movies ever made. Like, she is, yeah, yeah. she should be recognized as one of the biggest stars on the planet, but bar none. Like, like, almost by sheer coincidence, like, became the queen of sci-fi. Yes. Like, and, which is um, kind of great. It, which is great. And I've, I'll just say right now, the moment she stepped into the movie, I think it, it enters, like, the upper echelon of, like, cinema for me. But anyway, so we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. No, when um, she enters the movie, I'll say, is the moment where I'm kind of like, okay, I'm vibing with it. Like, she's so fucking good. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. But um, James Cameron is like. the movie. She really does. Yeah, and James Cameron is like. Well, you know, we have to give all the credit to to Zoe. You know, even when she was playing uh, the the green uh, Gamora, and she and Zoe Saldana is like Gamora. He's like, yeah, like he has not seen any of those movies. I mean, why would he? <laughs> no, I know, I know, but I just thought that was so funny. He's like, oh, he's been uh, Gamora some somewhere trying to make Avatar too. Like, and I was just like, oh yeah, he's an adult with responsibilities. Why the fuck would he waste time with those? <laughs> Gamora. Sorry. <laughs> So that's so pretty funny. funny. Um, no characters on the <laughs> opposite end of the spectrum from Zoe Saldana in this, though. Um, uh, don't say I don't, it. I have nothing against this actress because I've liked her in other stuff, but uh, Michelle Rodriguez. No, is very bad. No, um, I I think she's great. She doesn't have a lot going on. Um, but she's uh, great. Fairly embarrassing. Uh, so all right. Um. Let me just take you through like the beginnings of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So like I'm like I said, I'm really here for it. Like I am so on board with it. Uh, like the moment the voiceover begins, it's like suddenly it's creeping back up on me. Like why I don't like this movie. <laughs> um, and all the criticism I'm about to say, like look, it's a grand slam home run visually as a movie. Like it, it's it. Like I kind of got a little depressed watching it, just because it is this thing of like, it feels like it's heralding an age of cinema that just didn't happen, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Like, everyone took all the pieces of it and made worse movies afterwards, you know? And this is, like, the best, like, digital filmmaking I think I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it's pretty great stuff. Just the way ca- Cameron knows how to move the camera, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you're watching it. Um, there is, There are two moments that I really like early on in the movie. Um, one is the like dropping of Venezuela as like where we're, what we're at war with in the future, <laughs> which is like, that's kind of a perfect, like Cameron, Cameron knows what, what's up, you know? Yeah. But Cameron knows what's up. Um, and then there's like a very strong emphasis on like, the, like the haves and the have nots healthcare situation which is still an issue in the 22nd century, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's like, yes, like, it's like, I could rebuild my body, but, you know, that's, only rich people can do that. And it is this kind of, like, funny, you know, he has to go to, like, the other side of the solar, of the universe to uh, this fucking planet to walk again, basically. Like, what are we even doing here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it is, a, it, there's something kind of, like, satirical about it, you know? Mm-hmm. That I kind of enjoyed. And there's also the really good imagery of like, you know, he's got the Avatar body, which is his brother's body, but also his, you know, like that's cool stuff, right? Then there's like the robot, you know, mechs. And it's like the like the two, like the like the two very obvious choices he could take, right? Mm-hmm. Of like the big bodies. And like that's that's fun, right? It's like, I see what you're doing there, James Cameron. I agree. I, I called it deceptively simple. Yeah. Um, no, it's deceptively, deceptively simple. <laughs> no. Um, and then, but like, the, 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 the voiceover, the dialogue is pretty terrible all around. Um, every character is introduced horribly, which is something James Cameron is usually really good at. Um, it's just like, it's like he had a book, box of cliches and just spilled them. He's usually good at like taking cliches and kind of hiding the fact that they're cliches. It's like here he didn't give a shit cause he's more interested in the tech maybe. Um, like Sigourney Weaver's introduction is like just goofy. Well, it is. That, that was exactly what I, I it's think. Like, oh, she smokes. Get it? Like, oh, you would think someone as smart as her wouldn't smoke. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, James Cameron likes it when, like, the women aren't feminine. Like, that's his thing. Or, like, or okay. maybe it's a sign of why uh, Dr. Grace Augustine couldn't fully win over the trust of the Na'vi. She still, she has her own flaws, you know? Like, she's more open and, and endearing to the indigenous cultures than Quaritch and the, the corporate jockeys. But even she still can't quite get there because... She's still adhering no, no, like, to that's these... all there. The whole yeah. Avatar project is dumb. Like, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I'm not, I don't mean, like, I'm not saying it's dumb as in, like, plot hole dumb. Like, I'm not, I'm talking about, like, we go to this other planet and, like, this is our way to try and make peace with these people. Oh, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It's totally a, a come down on the American military industrial complex. Like, mm-hmm. it is 100% that. That is 100% there. I am 100% aligned with that view like i am not gonna sit here and criticize any of that like i said it's borderline satirical you know Mm -hmm. um 
it's it's funny. Unobtainium is funny in a way that feels deliberate and not like bad writing. Yeah, you know, um, Giovanni Ribisi is he's he's going for it. <laughs> um, I kind of just I don't know. Um, I I posted this when I was watching it that like you watch Aliens. And, like, you know Burke's going to be a problem, like, five minutes in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you just know. Like, he's a corporate guy. He doesn't do anything overtly bad for a while, but you know he's going to be a problem. But there's enough plausible deniability with his character that, like, discovering it is interesting, right? It's not surprising, but it's interesting to watch, right? And that's interesting to see just how far he'll go in terms of how bad he is, correct? Mm-hmm. Here it's like the moment you meet Giovanni Ribisi, you know where he's going. The moment you meet Stephen Lang, you know where he's going. Oh, Stephen Lang as Colonel Army. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so that's a little much for me, but I also yeah. think he's fucking just I don't like think owning a single that character, shit. If 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 there's not a single character in this movie, you don't know where their character is going to go the moment you meet them, like. It's, and it that's not necessarily a bad thing. Pixar has gotten away with that like a dozen times. That's the entire like last decade of movies, and I like a lot of those. So, no, yeah, you know. I'm not saying that's yeah. an inherently bad thing, but there should be some moxie to it. That James Cameron is usually so good on delivering, and it's just not here. Um, the. First sequence when he wakes up in the Avatar body is really good. The uh, when he starts running around for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's a good storytelling moment. It's also just a really good like James Cameron showing off what he can do with this technology moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I need to say when he bites into that alien apple or whatever, mm-hmm. I always kind of almost feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but like. Even without the 3D, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there is something, too, how, like, you. I watch the movie, and I, I will say, like, even at moments when I'm really not with it, there's never – there is something about it where I have to cu- kind of keep reminding myself that nothing I'm seeing on screen actually exists. Yeah. And there are very few CGI movies that do that successfully. Like, I mean, the average Marvel movie has about as much green screen, but, like – most of the time it feels like I'm playing an FMV game from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and you know what? That's worth noting, too, because I know you're, like, ragging on the movie. Um, but, like, no, nothing here is real. Yeah. And it's like, no, okay, yeah, I get that. No, no, no. I don't get that. Like, I have to remind myself all the time, like, oh, th- there's nothing here. The, this texture, this the depth of field, that's all it looks it looks incredible and the fact that like i am never sitting there going like honestly like none of my criticisms they are going to be that it like looks fake or that it's too much cgi or any of that it is that is not my complaint at all it looks so fucking real it's it's almost upsetting <laughs> like it's really good um i i'm sure there have been a lot of great technical breakdowns of this movie that like i'm actually really interested in checking them out you know mm-hmm. uh, i it's embarrassing it, honestly it puts a lot of movies in the past 10 years into a in a into a worse light you know yeah because um, so many of them look bad and 
I get James Cameron, he had a lot more money and a lot more time. Like, that's usually the issue. But, I mean, 10 years, we should be, we should be looking like this now. Yeah, I mean, they another... shouldn't look like that fucking ant-man trailer i keep saying i mean even even another recent interview and this is this wasn't james cameron shitting on them too much but he was like thanos give me a break we're way past that or whatever the fuck he said yeah and it was like yeah, you're not you're not wrong you were kind of way past that 13 I mean, years ago too james cameron, and it's something that like i get why studios are shy about it and like you kind of need a guy like james cameron to do it where it's like he is if this doesn't work it's it's a disaster right yeah it's battlefield earth if it doesn't work you know mm-hmm. like if the if the effect isn't right and james cameron is the type of person with a the vision and b the ability to yell <laughs> <laughs> that can just kind of browbeat people into changing the world with special effects and i mean every every james cameron movie is like a huge leap forward you know yeah and then you like, I mean, like, you know, the polar opposite of this is like, you know, the abyss where like everyone has PTSD from making that fucking yeah. movie. <laughs> um, I think Ed Harris of all people talked about like breaking down crying, driving home one day from the set, like, cause it was so intense. Jesus. And I'm not sure if that's ever worth it. No. But it's what he does. And then like you get these other movies and it's, it's something where in a better world we could stuff like this would happen more often for movies you know mm-hmm. um but so long as it's just corporate art that will never happen um but hey um even movies i really like this movie just fucking shits on like in terms of the special effects yeah uh, but yeah um all right there's a moment the moment i turn on the movie um is we get Sam Worthington gets separated, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is just a pet peeve, and this is just entirely me. But like for a movie that is pushing so far ahead in terms of the special effects, he seemed to use the entire sound library from the original Jurassic Park trilogy, <laughs> which are movies I've watched about a thousand times. So like you, every, okay. it, I actually have that in my notes too. I'm like every sound is from Jurassic Park. Basically. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's so, so fucking funny. You gotta cut corners somewhere, I guess, in terms of innovation. But yeah, it's a all the aliens like, sound like the T Rex and shit. Yes, yeah, like, <laughs> like that one's the T Rex. That one's the Raptor. Yeah. <laughs> that one's the Brachiosaurus. Like you know, like so there. There's that, but that that's whatever. Um, so we get like kind of the first scene where Zoe Saldana saves Sam Worthington. He has made a torch, right? Mm-hmm. And she kind of reacts negatively to the torch, right? Yeah. And she takes torch, throws it in the water. And I'm suddenly like, wait a minute. This whole planet is like really bioluminescent, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh shit, this is actually brilliant storytelling like this is this is so fucking brilliant right here because like it's it's a thing of like well why have the navi kind of stayed at this level right like why aren't why haven't they industrialized right Mm -hmm. is it just the time we arrived or have they always been this way and it's like no they like fire as a symbol is such a symbol of human progress right yeah and it's it's like one of our myths. It's the Prometheus myth, right? He stole fire. Mm-hmm. It is it is a symbol of our progress and our hubris. And they 
don't really need fire because of the planet, right? It provides all the light they need. Yeah. And it's this great moment. I'm like, oh, wow. And it's like, of course she would react negatively to a torch. Like, she doesn't see fire. Like, she doesn't, like, fire is kind of foreign to her in a way. I'm not saying she doesn't know what it is, but it's like it's something that they know to avert because they don't need it, really. And I was like, oh, this is some great storytelling. And then I'm thinking about, like, oh, shit, James Cameron's company is Lightstorm, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm suddenly, I'm like going, I'm like going through like 40 chests in my head thinking about like the implications of light on the development of life on the planet Pandora. And I'm like, this is the first thing in this movie that they haven't felt the need to over explain. And I will say I, I criticize it for over explaining, but I, I, I also was talking about how every trailer I, I watched for this movie, I didn't understand what the fuck was going on. <laughs> so maybe you need it. Like, I can't really complain about that. Um, so, like, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm getting really excited for the first time while watching this movie. Um, we go to the big tree, and um, there's just a bonfire. <laughs> and they're dancing around it because they're space Indians. And I'm like, oh, okay. 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 And, like, all the air just deflated out of my body. And... I was like, I guess it still works, like, what I was thinking. <laughs> like, I don't need it to be James Cameron's intent, but a uh, bit of a bummer to see that he, he didn't think about this stuff too much. And then the more you watch the movie, um, it's clear he thought about it even less. Um, it's a it, it feels very in keeping with classic scientific romances um, from the early 20th century. Stuff like John Carter of Mars, um, which are all steeped in uh, weird colonialist, imperialist ideas, sometimes simultaneously being condemnations, but also celebrations of those things. And um, those issues are repeated here. You feel Cameron trying to fight it a lot of the time, and he's tr- and he's trying to make the movie an anti imperialist message right and that seems Mm -hmm. to be where his heart is and i don't i'm i don't um think he's misguided in any way or is holding any sort of secret thoughts or horrible thing i think i'm i'm pretty politically aligned with what the movie is going for um but it never really worked um never really worked and uh the imagery, it's clear that a lot of the imagery in it was just taken from um, indigenous groups from around the world without really any thought put into it. And that stuff adds up, especially when your movie is nearly three hours long. And um, there isn't much else around it to hang on that can make me overlook those things. Um and by the time you get to uh, the big fight at the end of the movie, um, I'm, I, I have no strong opinions on the action for the end of the movie. Because by that point, I was so unengaged with the movie, I kind of wasn't like vibing with it. So it might have been a great action climax. Um, I'm sure someone out there will say that. Um, yeah, but me. I, didn't, I didn't feel it at all. And even if it had been, it wouldn't have made up for the movie that led up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly really bummed. I really wanted to like it this time around. I was very ready to love it. 
I'm really bummed you didn't like it either, frankly. Because really? I grow to love it more and more, <laughs> frankly. Yeah. So let let me let me let me bounce some ideas off you at least then. Okay. All right. Why do we go to the movies? Like, what is the baseline reason for us going to the movie theater? Um, if I was in a mood that <laughs> Avatar didn't put me in, <laughs> we go for we go for escape. We go for wonder. We are you we, just quoting the the national anthem? I don't know the 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 Nicole Kidman. Oh no! I, I actually, you know what? I have no AMC's near me, so like I've only seen that thing like once. Um, I get the horrible regal version of it, which is just people quoting lines from movies. Oh, it's very bad. Look it up. It's like the anti cinema. Like, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I mean that's so... the beauty of the Nicole Kidman thing. It's like you can't predict that. So the fact that they said like, oh yeah, we want to do another one. It's like no, 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 no. Just leave that one. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> you no, got it. Good. You got that's it. You good. can't. Lightning won't strike twice. <laughs> you accidentally made something really sincere. Yeah, <laughs> and people like it, and I think that's part of the reason why people so like, like Avatar. I guess, so like, I guess what I'm saying is the real version is like the Deadpool version of the Nicole Kidman thing. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my it's entire life. It's the worst. It really is the worst. I hate it. Um, okay, so but I mean the Nicole Kidman thing. While you know, we all like that. support it, it we don't do it ironically. Like some of it's a little ironic, but it's a very sincere advertisement, right? Yeah. And we go to experience a story that will hopefully invoke this powerful emotion through us. It'll make have this like. Seen, have you ever seen Sullivan's Travels? Have I? Let me see. You would remember if you've seen Sullivan's Travels, because it's one of the greatest movies ever made. I have not. The Preston Sturges film? I have not. You should watch that movie, because it's making your point better. (laughs) Okay. Sullivan's Travels is a movie about a comedy guy who doesn't want to make comedies anymore. He wants to to make a movie about uh, the, the common man and, like, like, what the poor really go through and how they really suffer. He wants to make a movie called Oh Brother Where Art Thou. That's what the movie's titled. Oh my god. And uh, he's surrounded by people in Hollywood because he's like a hit comedy guy. They love him there. And they're like, what do you know about being poor? You've never been poor. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to disguise myself as a hobo and go around the country. And uh, it's a comedy film. So it doesn't work out the way he was hoping. <laughs> Um, but you should see Sullivan's Travels. You, is, it might be on Criterion right now. Yes, it is. Okay. They have okay. a bunch of Preston Sturgis. You should watch all the Preston Sturgis movies on Criterion. I will. Um, which will make your point better. Another point I can make is that when A, uh, what, what were they called? AFI was doing their top 100 list, right? Mm-hmm. They put uh, like five Spielberg movies on the list. Um, which I believe were, at the time, it was like Jaws, E.T., Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, and Close Encounters. And Spielberg asked AFI to remove Close Encounters so they could put Sullivan's Travels on the list. So, you should you should watch Sullivan's Travels. <laughs> I, I think I will, yeah. Um, but, hey... 
Um, there's a, there, I would just go like, yeah, it's like that scene in Sullivan's Travels, but you haven't seen it. So <laughs> when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. All right, all right. Well, ideally, mm-hmm. for those of us that haven't seen Sullivan's Travels, we go. What are you doing listening to this podcast? I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess so. Really yeah. <laughs> go watch Sullivan's Travels. Yes. And then come back. And then we'll have a conversation about Sullivan's Travels. I almost want to stop recording so you can go watch Sullivan's <laughs> Travels. <laughs> I know we can't, but I almost want to. We can bring it up on the Christmas one. Yeah, yeah. Because we're doing a Christmas one, uh, which will be shorter than this. Mm. But um, we go to see, right? That's 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 the baseline of the movie mm. experience. You see something and you hear something, right? Kind of like when the Navi... I thought you were going to keep going. I was trying to think of another yeah. thing that Navi did, but I couldn't think of it. So. Well, that's – look, I was going to build up to it, but that's that's the whole movie. The yeah. second shot in the movie is Jake Sully opening his eyes. The last shot of the movie is him opening his eyes now officially as a Navi in his Avatar body. He's left the old world behind, right? It's I'm, I'm, I know you understand this. I'm not, I'm not explaining it for you. I'm explaining it just to talk about You think I'm the, stupid the or something? <laughs> no, no, I know you just didn't like it. Um <laughs> And then, you know, the Navi have that saying, like, uh, I see you, which is as uh, my boy, Norm Spellman, Norm Gang Rise Up. Uh, that's Joel David Moore as Dr. Norm Spellman, <laughs> which is a very, all the names in this are very goofy. I don't think they're bad like you think they are, but I think it's very goofy. Um, but he's telling Jake that uh, the Navi saying of I see you is more than just there you are. It's I see into you. I see who you are. I see where you've come from. I see your struggle. I see your aspiration. I like... It's it's a deep like yeah. meaning. It, it it's a a form of connection that we as humans have kind of not been able to really grasp. And I think another reason why the movie's been like so like reclaimed in a way is just kind of like looking at the world around us, how hard it is to keep up with what's happening in the world around us. There's never a moment uh when you're working a nine to five where you really have time to share that kind of connection with people. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think where movies used to be about, like, working-class people, and now that we've kind of had lots of conversations talk about how that's been shoved to the wayside, now our fantastical experience at the theater is about digital worlds that are beautiful and untainted by technology and where people accept and love one another, (laughs) which I just find a little depressing. Um, But that's not Avatar's fault. I wouldn't say that's most movies, though, unfortunately. Well, maybe it's Avatar. That that's the yeah, one. Avatar is the one. Yeah, I think other movies at least claim to try to be that. I think the the reason that the Marvel stuff has been so prevalent Name is that the, the, I the, honestly can, can't think of another movie. I can't, but let me let me do my my one Marvel point for this one mm-hmm. is um, the continued appearance of these characters makes people feel like they know them, mm-hmm. and no one could actually tell me what Peter Parker does when he's not being Spider Man. Yeah, still, you know what I mean. But no, um, the, the continued resurgence of these characters in pop culture does uh, – it provides a sense of comfort, but it's, it's like a lie. I don't know any of those people. I know Jake Sully's struggle from one movie, <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I think to your point, you do not find it very interesting how the movie goes about relaying that information. But I think we could agree it's all there, right? Like, um, Yeah, it's a, a certain amount. Um I don't know if it's necessarily 
the the biggest insight <laughs> to the human condition. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't say that either. <laughs> um, I think what has changed in cinema is we used to go to movies as a communal activity. We would go with our friends. Now the movies are our communities, and now there is an in-group and an out-group, and the in-group is the people who went to see Spider-Man No Way Home opening weekend, <laughs> and the out-group is everyone else, and it has reinforced a certain cultural tribalism onto all of us, because we have no communities anymore. They have slowly been taken from us by everything. And I don't know what Avatar represents in all of that. <laughs> um, it, it, it sort of represents a bygone era, I guess, um, of when we did go to the movies because we wanted escapism. I don't think we go to the movies for escapism anymore. Um, we certainly don't consume media that play on our hopes and dreams about the future. <laughs> um, we seem to go because that's our tribe. Uh, and yeah, um, I think what the, what you're talking about in terms of the Navi ICU thing is kind of Ebert's quote about movies being an empathy generating machine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, don't know if it does it that anymore, considering how violently some people react to the suggestion that you should broaden your horizons on movies these days. Um, right now, I go to the movies because I like going to the movies, and. If the ship is really going down, I'm going down with it. But, uh, yeah, right now, um, I don't think movies um, mean much of anything. <laughs> Sorry, that's really grim. I don't mean it to sound that. Uh, I'm not trying to be a downer. I love going to the movies. I like them when they're good, especially. Um, but, yeah. I um, I guess Avatar might be just like the last of a type of movie that we just don't have anymore. And I think that's why people like it. That it represents something that used to be a lot more common in cinema, which is you could go and genuinely be wowed by a movie. And again, even someone like me who came out of this not really caring for it, I was still very much impressed and wowed and... Um, I think Bob Dylan said the highest purpose of art is to inspire. And Avatar is definitely that. It definitely inspires in a lot of ways. It gets the, the parts of your brain going that makes you want to be creative, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and not just creative in terms of making art or making more movies, but just in terms of your life, you know? Like, it yep. makes you want to take stock of that. Um, but I think it's more just because we are malnourished in those sorts of emotions coming from movies these days um and not not to say they aren't out there i i think they are um certainly i've had a great year for movies this year personally um but in terms of 
it happening on a mass scale, it doesn't really seem to happen anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the biggest movie this year is like the Batman again, <laughs> like, um, which is a movie that generates conversations about what is Batman going to do next? And um, that seems to be what most of the conversations are now. Oh, but hey, <laughs> what are you gonna do? I guess to that point, you bring up an interesting discussion that like mm. we can only get so much from the movies, mm-hmm. you know, like there's lots of talk about how both the original avatar and way of water potentially inspire a lot of people to be more like eco conscious, right. And, like, uh, fighting against climate change and all that stuff. And I, I agree with that and I think it's beautiful. But it is not, like, the stopping point, I guess. that's It's not the, the – it's like, watching a film isn't, like, an act of, like, social justice. That's also yeah. important to remember. Um, that's what movies – because movies just take now. They don't give. Because we are powerless in the face of governments and corporations that don't want to do anything about the climate crisis. Or any of the systematic failures that are happening at a constant rate around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but we think if we consume the right media about it, then that's at least something, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. That it's a little bit. Um, and who knows? It might be. Maybe slowly minds are changing, right? Mm-hmm. Um Maybe. Well, wasn't there, like, an increase? Like, this isn't me pulling stuff out of my ass. Like, wasn't there, like, a genuine increase in, like, um, like scientists, like, in, involved with, like, ecological, no, yes, like, there's, upkeep there's... and stuff like that? Well, um, everyone... I'm not contributing that to just Avatar. That's obviously not just that. I'm just Yeah, saying. no, no. Well, here's... This is something... I don't want to contribute that to pop culture at all. I just want to contribute that to just cultural in general. Um, we've We've been so aware of... Everyone tries to act like the climate debate was actually a debate. Most people know what's up and want to do the right thing, especially young people. Um, When Obama kind of lost all the youth vote by 2012, people were like, what the hell happened? They tried to explain it all sorts of ways. What happened was he abandoned a lot of his pledges to fight climate change, uh, which he never really came back to. Uh, And that's what lost him support of the youth and right now um it is still a primary focus of the youth um the concern obviously going forward is like you know is is the upcoming generation just going to be entirely nihilistic and will they just say like well we can't actually fix the world so let's just punish people um which is a concerning thought um, but I don't know. I don't know if media really has done that. I think it's just we've there's all sorts of truths that are obvious to all of us, and that we are constantly being bombarded by media that tells us the opposite. Frankly, um, and it's all it's driving us all a little insane. Um, but hey, I didn't expect to go this dark. <laughs> On the, yeah, 
Uh, I kind of did just because of the subject matter. <laughs> like on some capacity, I didn't. I didn't expect this specifically, but I was like, "Yeah, we're probably gonna. Some stuff's gonna get brought up today." I'm sure. I, I thought some stuff would get brought up, mainly yeah. how like this shit hasn't changed since 2009. Oh yeah, it has. It's gotten worse. Um, eh, who knows? Um, actually, I would. I would. I would honestly be comfortable saying that things haven't changed since 2009. It's just happening more to Americans than it used to. <laughs> maybe maybe that's it. Um, another reference I have to, to mention from a James Cameron interview is that he also brought up, or it was brought up to him, the climate discussion, where he was like, yeah, what the hell? Like, we talked about it, and then we had to convince people about it, and then people are finally convinced about it in charge, and they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. And that's, a, that's the same exact discussion we've had. Mm. On this podcast, yeah, no, that's been the, the that's why, like, I will give no discussion. We we until the fucking planet goes up, we will have a we will be able to fight climate change. I will not accept any other attitude going forward. Listen out there, you little shits. Yeah, I, I think the Flair listeners would agree with us. Unless no, no, everyone's a fucking yeah. doomer. Everywhere <laughs> I go, people are like, "It's all too late." Burr, 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 burr. And it's like, go fuck yourself. Like, uh, until, uh, if, if, if we're gonna lose, like, we might as well go down swinging, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's all the losers in charge that want us to believe there's no chance. So, like, don't, don't give them the time of fucking day. We're gonna beat it. We, we are, Diego. I'm optimistic. I, I gonna, really no, am. We, no, we are gonna beat it. We're gonna, it's just, it's what's gonna happen. It's... There's no other option, so we're going to beat it, and I want you all to start thinking that way going forward, you know? Um, and that's maybe another problem I have with Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> that was like a really great note, and then you're like, but one more thing. <laughs> well, because it's, it, it, it's such a dumb, like, human suck movie. Like, I don't think that's what James Cameron was going for but i think that's what a lot of people took away from it i think that is what people took away from it i also don't think that's what he was going for you know, like when people point out a systematic flaw and then people just shrug and go people suck yeah i hate like, that shit i think that's what most people took away from this movie but is that the movie's fault because um, like look look look, look. Yes. I, I, I gotta say no, no no i have to say because there's characters like i was i was mentioning the the funny name norm spellman but even like um Michelle Rodriguez's character, like, they, they decide to, like, help. Michelle Rodriguez is, is, like, a jock in this, and she's like, no, nah, this is fucked up. I'm not doing this. There's enough good people in this so that the the individuals in the audience, because everyone in America is an individual, um, the individuals can think, well, I would be the person to do the right thing. But everyone else in this theater feeling the exact same way as me in this moment would burn down the big tree. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. That's I, I, You don't talk to enough white Americans. Maybe I don't, but I think that's a good thing. Here's something. Um, I've only seen my, my father uh, cry like three times in my life. Two of them were at like family moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like big, tragic moments. The other was when the tree got burned down in Avatar. <laughs> 
I think you brought that up before. What's that about? It's still my favorite thing ever. Well, it's an affecting moment. I did, I don't cry during Avatar. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you made this movie and you set it on Earth and had it starring Earth people and you had, let's say, white people doing this to non-white people, I'm sure you would get an emotional reaction. I don't think you would get that strong an emotional reaction. And I think people come out of it being like, this movie had a liberal agenda. <laughs> well, if like it's a like liberal agenda like... is like not destroying the environment, then like, I guess. <laughs> well, here's the thing. We all, everyone agrees now that um, Christopher Columbus was a bad person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. And that we treated the Indians poorly, right? But no one actually cares enough to take a stand on whether or not we should keep Columbus statues up. I'm talking about white people. Okay, yeah. And if a movie's a hit in this country, it's because white people went out to see it. And, yeah. Um, I feel like this movie washes white guilt's hands. By putting it in a sort of environment where the stakes aren't real. And they, they can kind of confront those the, the guilt they feel deep down, but without actually having to confront it. Is that hating the player or the game, though? Um, both. Mm. I hate everyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Look, there's, there's that's always a debate of, like, should I blame a movie for the audience as being dumb? I don't think so, right? Mm. Although I would blame Deadpool for its audience, for the record. Sure, fine. But that's Deadpool. Yeah. Um, but um, I guess I'm tr- if there's a myth I'm trying to dispel is that this movie had any sort of magic on audiences across the world, um, which I, I just don't believe. Um, I... Sure, there's something here, but I don't think it's a magical thing, really. Um, I normally try to avoid the cynical answer, but I kind of only have cynical answers. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, then maybe I wouldn't frame it as and there are plenty magical. of people who watch. Um, I'm trying to think of one that um, the amount of people I know who saw Don't Look Up, who then, if you try to explain to them it was about the climate crisis, they, like, react almost violently towards you. <laughs> um, says a lot about the general American public. <laughs> Another movie that's not good. Uh, well, no, that movie's atrocious. But also, like, we just people just don't know that movies are about things. Like, film Twitter's in its own bubble. We're, like, we, we're on, like, the te- we're 20 levels deep on Avatar. And audiences are like, what are you talking about? It was just wrong. It was wrong to burn down the Christmas tree because that's where they lived. Like, that's all the audiences took away from this. And I guess people find the blue... I think people just find the blue cat people appealing. And I will say, I think that's another thing. I do not like the blue cat people. I don't like the Navi. I just don't find the look of them very engaging or appealing. We've we've had that discussion before, right? Where it's like there's something, something wrong to the, to the human id, yeah. Of like, the, well, no, the, I talked the, about how like 
the weird like cat people fascination like goes back to like ancient Egypt. Yeah, 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 yeah that. What? It's like yeah, and I, I think you're onto something. I here's the thing: I would not have designed these characters this way. But I'm also not James Cameron. And again, this is the last time I'll try to bring up another interview I saw of him. But he was asked about, like, why? Because there's, like, a new tribe of Na'vi in Way of Water that are more, like, sea-like. So they, they, they've evolved differently. They're lighter colored blues and stuff like that. Um, they have fins or something like that. Mm, and that uh, he is was... a concerning detail to learn. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was asked, like, why did you make them blue? And he was like, well... Our our pink brownish pigmentation on Earth is already taken. I don't want it to look like us. Um, there's a oh, that's why he brought up the 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 Gamora thing. He's like, well, she was already green, <laughs> and the Hulk is green. And so you know, you whittle down the colors. It's like this is like the the most appealing one. That sums up the entirety of what <laughs> thinking about the Navi. Just every element of the Navi. I think that was what he. That was the level of thinking that was happening there. I I think he's having a goof, but I do think that's part of what like drew him to that answer. Yeah. Um, do you think it was? Do you think the answer was really like, well, we were shooting on a green screen, so they can't so, be green, <laughs> so we couldn't do green, so we did blue instead. I don't know, blue is also like a common color generally. I know it is, but maybe he was like, we picked green early. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they were um, either going to be blue or green. We had more green screens, so we went with blue. All right, well, here, let's... We can start to wrap up soon, but I, I do need to talk about how fucking good Zoe Saldana is in this. Mm -hmm. I, I like, guffawed. Want, like, the, the 2020 viewing of this, that really got me into Avatar for the first time. Now, here's the a, here's moment a she walks on screen, I was just like, holy shit, movies, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it just really took me off guard. And it wasn't I mean, like, a, like an attraction strongly, thing but... or anything like that. Like, not, not, not that weird fascination we were just talking about. And yeah. Not, not, our, not our cup of tea. Go with God, I guess. But um, just, like, her presence as, like, a performer. Like, she's given, like, an all-timer performance in this movie. And I don't understand how it's that good underneath all of this well, that's I guess. A big question is like i'm not I, I i don't want this to come across like i'm because of course zoe saldana is a big part of it but how much of it is her and how much of it is the special effects artist well okay we've had this conversation before too with uh, the motion capture stuff yeah so the difference between stuff like avatar and just pulling a name out of a hat like thanos um <laughs> is that the like the the motion capture with with these productions the avatar productions are all just like what you capture you put layers on top of it you don't like add anything to it because mm -hmm. you're trying to capture the performance like I, yeah I, I would agree but there is definitely an element there is an art to how they put that on top of her yes and like, it, you have to be careful is... not to manipulate it in in a way that makes the performance but there worse, is basically. there is manipulation. No matter what, like yeah, no, just... yes, I I agree, but is it weird that it's also still truthful, like in its own way? You know what I mean? Like that's such fucking like pretentious art nerd bullshit I just said. But like, I don't know because like, your criticisms of the film aside, like, would you 
not agree that the film feels like very emotionally honest. Like, oh in, no, in, I would not at all. Really? Um, you know, I, I a big problem with me is that I had no emotional attachment to anything that was happening on screen. Um, well, not like your individual attachment to it, like the movie, like the emotions is presenting. They they don't feel like authentic to you. I'll say this: she felt very real. Okay. Um, where you can kind of see why she would like Sam Worthington. I never really got his deal. Um, I do think the romance is the weakest part of the film. I still yeah, think it I works say, I, much better. There's a reason better. why I said like <laughs> Sam Worthington and not like <laughs> Sam Worthington. Uh, but no, I there's not a lot, um, which is, it's so strange with how real like the effects feel. And like Pandora does feel like a real place and the Navi do feel like real people like in terms of like when i'm looking at them like there's a part of me it's like oh he just hired a bunch of navi like it's, <laughs> but there's some it's kind of like hmm. it is a little bit like he hired real navi and then dressed them up like stereotypical navi you know what i'm saying unfortunately yes like that's the vibe this movie has it, it really, it, it, it can't get around it. And I think it's a little wrong to ignore that. <laughs> and I don't want to ignore uh, it for the record. I, and I, again, if you want to give the movie all the praises in the world for the special effects, I'm there with you. If you want to give the movie credit for ultimately, even if audiences maybe didn't get it, for being an anti-imperialist message. Especially a movie that was made in like the wake of the Bush administration, right? Mm-hmm. Like... This is Obama year one. But. And also worth noting, uh, originally written in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So it was not in vogue to be like that. Well, James Cameron does really have a good grasp of like how interconnected the military is with just all development, like, you know, mm-hmm. which is like a bad thing. But yeah. he knows like, the, like, what was it? They just did today for anyone who doesn't know, they just had a huge breakthrough in a uh, fusion energy. Um, Department of Energy just made this announcement. I don't know if you saw this. Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, We can't get too excited just yet because that is something where it's like, the guy's like, well, it'll probably be a more common source of energy in the latter half of the 21st century. (laughs) So it's not like like we're suddenly going to have giant suns like Dr. Octopus. Yeah, I was going to say the power of the sun in the palm of our hand. Well, the problem is there's just such a limited amount of that precious tritium. (laughs) (laughs) No, but, uh, like, there was, <laughs> anyway, Sorry. see, I have no right to judge on obtainium. Yeah, I know. You have tritium out there. <laughs> tritium is kind of the best MacGuffin, though. Like, oh, no, no, it is. Yeah, because unobtainium's just, like, like you said, satirical enough to also veer into, like, people being like, well, he was dumb, it's unobtainable. Oh, you're an idiot. But it's like tritium. It's like, oh, yeah, that sounds, uh, yeah, that's serious. Also, just in a world where, like, we can assume that, like, this is from some horrible dystopian future where, like, it's run by a bunch of Elon Musks. Like, oh, of course, don't they would say that. Un- unobtainium. <laughs> like, it, it makes perfect sense. Um, but, again, it's like, it's where we're like, I think, in a weird way, like, Avatar is probably a really good example of, like, if this situation happened in actual life, this is how it would play out, right? (laughs) 
Like, this is just what would happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not, like, compelling to watch as a movie, you know? I guess that's my big thing. It's just like... It, you know it, what? I can completely understand, and I'll even concede that a little bit. Because mm-hmm. my big takeaway, like, I'm talking about the motions and stuff like that, and, like, we, we also, you're, you're right, we also have to absolutely, like, reckon with the fact that, like, these these old, like, the, the structure of this narrative, the reason people bring up the Pocahontas thing is because it is that, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's that similar exact structure. That's not wrong to say that. I would say it's wrong to use that as, like, an overwhelming negative criticism of it yeah. when you're just saying the structure of it is incorrect. Mm-hmm. But you're also right in pointing out that, like, no, no, no. That story is racist. <laughs> um, that's a that's a real problem. And we've also talked about how, like, just these old, like, as far left as we're trying to push a lot of these more uh, uh, recent science fiction narratives and progressive story ideas, like, so much of Western ideology and fiction is just rooted in racist, colonialist I mean, yeah, it's, tropes it's all over i mean it's in star wars yeah like, it's just it's so deeply layered into our cultural being it's one of those things where like it's like you don't it's hard to talk about how do we get around it you know like and mm-hmm. it, if it's even possible you know yeah oh, remember, remember that game cuphead i do i do remember, remember cuphead and there was a whole discussion around it. Some people, like, I think people kind of overreacted. But, like, pe- like someone wrote an article that was like, hey, like, why does Cuphead look that way? Like, why do old cartoons look that way? And spoilers, the answer, answer is minstrel shows. Like, the, the look of Mickey Mouse can be traced back to, like, old blackface minstrel shows, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, but it's also, that's something that's so ingrained in our culture, like, we don't know, right? Like, yeah. It's like it's gone, but then it's still there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like the scars of the Civil War itself on America, which you can trace every systematic problem back to the failures of Reconstruction post-Civil War. But hey, that's a whole other discussion. Um, I It's not completely off base, though. No. I also, I never finished my point about the Department of Energy because I made my joke about tritium. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, sorry. Go, yeah, be, go ahead and bring it up now, I guess. But, but, when when that was I was trying to point out that like when that announcement was made by the Department of Energy, it um, the the actual statement let me, you know let me get it up because it is kind of like one of the grimmest things I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs> so let me let me get it up real quick because it was on the Department of Energy, Wiki, um, not Wikipedia, um, fucking uh, Twitter page. I spelled department wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Breaking. This is an announcement that has been decades in the making. On December 5th, 2022, a team from the Department of Energy's Livermore Lab made history by achieving fusion ignition. This <laughs> so bad. This breakthrough will change the future of clean power and America's national defense forever. Oh. <laughs> well, it started strong. So, yeah, it did. It, really, it was <laughs> yeah. really strong until that, until that last line. Which is, which is also like, a point we talked about in the Ang Lee Hulk movie. 
yeah. the, the intrinsic connection between science and military power. What do you think about like that country? and with Starship Troopers with Paul Verhoeven? Fucking like God, that is right. a the society of Starship Troopers is very socially progressive in that it's like there seems to be like a lot of fluidity of gender in that society, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like that's really cool considering where we're at right now as a society. But it's also like the reason why they're like that is because they need more people to die on the battlefield. Like <laughs> which is like, well, yep, that's why that's why that shit happens. Ugh. What a time to be alive. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Uh, I'm feeling good about things though. Yeah. Um let me get back to you in a week. <laughs> I'm just so tired right now. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Is there anything else I really, really, really want to bring up? I had a bunch of other stuff, but we went through like way more interesting conversations. I have a points. note from you here where you said, "Actually, Matt, you're right. The movie is bad." No, that doesn't. That doesn't sound like me. Um, yeah. It's um, actually a great film. Yeah, it's it's far from great. Oh yeah, no, no, no. So there's there's two things, but the one thing I did want to bring up is that like I, I mentioned, I, I would even concede your point that like as like a as a narrative feature film, I can kind of get on board with the problems you're bringing up. Yeah, it fails like, to hit the bare minimum of what a narrative feature film requires. Cameron went out of his way to shoot this as if he was shooting a documentary of the actual planet Pandora, which, you know, it doesn't exist, but he was like, if I was, if it did exist and I was shooting a documentary there, that's the approach he took to like the cinematography here. No, there's not a lot of flashing camera stuff. And yeah. And I think that's why the film was like so functionally immersive Mm -hmm. for people when they saw it in theaters, especially with the 3d, especially with the IMAX. (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to like have a heart attack watching the way of water. I am looking forward to it still. Um, This is a movie that gets one thing incredibly right at the expense of pretty much everything else. Um, (laughs) But I almost wish he had just done a fake documentary about Pandora. Which is like also that... why I like the the narrative framing device of mm. the of the voiceover. I know you have mixed feelings about that. Mm. But I I think it works really well here. And it, it's weird if he keeps going back to it for the sequels. I don't I think he will. God, for the love of no. God. No, well, no it doesn't need it because this is this is Jake's goodbye to his his uh, human existence. Now There's he's... a part of me that is hoping Jake dies five minutes into the world. <laughs> I would be very happy if that happened. <laughs> no, like, uh, I, I think um, I am looking through your, your tweets now to mm-hmm. see what else I missed in your fucking your heathen betrayal. Yeah. Um, and I, I think maybe you, you hit a vital point in what Cameron wants to do with the sequels where you say, like, uh, maybe this is just, like, the rough terrain we need to get through to, like, really well, no, experience, I... like, what... J- I said maybe, like, the Avatar, it's, the Avatar program is a metaphor for the first Avatar movie. Like, we have to shed our flesh in order to really experience Avatar. This was just priming us, like, he's just getting us ready. Like, this was our first test drive in the, the, our Navi bodies. And And now now that we've gotten through that and had a decade plus to, to think it over, now we're ready for the actually good movie. So uh, I'm with you until you, you said good movie because the first one's still good, but I I think you're, you're onto something. I think that's exactly what's gonna happen. But who yeah, knows? Like, Maybe I end up hating the sequel, and then you're like, hold up, this is his best movie. Yeah, I would. I really want it to be good, and I really wanted this to be good. I did not come in ready to hate this one. I swear to God. 
Um, I was really hoping to like it this time around. Yeah. And I had never hated it before either. Like, I didn't hate it, but I definitely disliked it. This was like the first time I walked, like, I watched it and was like, I do not like this movie. Mm. Um, and yeah. And um, how long have we been recording? Fucking like three hours. Like All right. Three long. hours, three hours later. Um, I feel no different. <laughs> um, yeah. I, well, here, I I'm gonna just want to go watch um, Sullivan's Travels. All right. Well, I'm gonna go watch Avatar again. No, uh, you should watch. You should the, really watch Sullivan's Travels. I'll watch, I'll watch Sullivan's Travels before we do Way of Water. Uh, and there are notes I have about ideas of like uh, all this weird shit. I, I took notes from from like the Terminator era of James Cameron's career, even mm. as recently as Dark Fate. And I think I don't know. This is just a theory I have. I think those notes are more relevant to the sequel. Just having seen the trailers, I don't know anything about it. Um, so I'm gonna hold on to that, and so that way I can let you uh, let you rest from the the Avatar hate train for a little uh, bit. What's his name is in the new Stephen Lang is in the new Avatar, right? Like so. Yes. Yes, uh, he is. Do you not know? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay. Tell okay. Me. You're gonna uh, be like what? <laughs> I'll just see okay. what happens, but okay. um, let's assume that it is not what everyone else knows, apparently, but he comes back, like, in his full get-up and is in the robot suit again somehow, right? Uh-huh. Let's just say that happens. What should happen is that they should get in a fight at the end of the movie, and he, he, he falls, and he lands in a fire, right? Mm-hmm. Because the Navi make fire, apparently. Um, and <laughs> so, like, That's, like, the one thing. <laughs> yeah. It, that that was enough. That was enough. That put the whole movie into a different focus, um, and then everyone's like, "It's over," and then suddenly we see, rising from the fire. It's the the metal exoskeleton of Stephen Lang, and he's a Terminator, and then we hear dun 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 dun, and the movie ends. <laughs> Turns out it's a sequel to Terminator. Well, it it wouldn't be an exoskeleton because an exoskeleton is over. Fuck off! I'm so. making a joke. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I can't wait to watch Avatar: The Way of Water later today when this episode goes live on the SoundCloud and YouTube and I just Spotify. Got tritium in my head now. <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe I watch Spider-Man Two again first. Yeah. And then Sullivan's Travels. <laughs> and then Sullivan's Travels. And then Avatar. And then I'll go watch <laughs> Avatar 2. Um, Matt, I'm it sorry you didn't like, like the Criterion movie. Criterion Channel is streaming Sullivan's Travels, um, The Palm Beach Story, which you should also watch. Another okay. Preston Sturgis movie. Um, and what else? They might have another one. And... And the Lady Eve. So there's a great triple feature for you. And all, all those right. movies are 90 minutes. So Okay. Well, I can't <laughs> The Palm I can't Beach wait story. Here's something I'm going to say. The Palm mm. Beach story. I want you to remember this, Diego. Okay. The, the Palm Beach story is how Avatar should have ended. Okay. I want you to keep that in mind when you watch the Palm Beach story. Is it going to make me mad? Um, I think you'll get a kick out of it. Okay. Everyone out there right now is laughing. I can't believe you haven't seen the Palm Beach story. I got I got some blind spots. I it's still a, haven't seen Mary Poppins. 
Really? I've never seen Mary Poppins, yeah. You should watch it and then tell I've, me if it's actually good because I don't know because I only – I grew up on that fucking thing. <laughs> no, I've heard it's like great from people like like throughout my entire life, like as recently as like the other week. So <laughs> it must be something, you know? Step in time. That's what should have happened in Avatar. <laughs> I, don't, the I don't know. Chimney sweep should have come out. Oh, I know the chim chimney. I know that one. Yeah, but there's step in time. All the chimney sweeps are dancing on the roofs. It, that, that's the one with the penguins too, right? The dancing penguins. No, no, no. No, not the number, the the, the movie. Oh, yes. Yes, that's in it. Yeah. And I that like Dick Van Dyke. He, he laughs so hard he, he floats up to the ceiling. Mm. Um, uh, Dick I, Van I, I Dyke does the worst British accent imaginable. Yeah, but that makes it amazing because it's That's Dick Van Dyke. That's more offensive than anything in Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> but it's to the British nation, so who gives a shit? Yeah, so it's actually good. Yeah. Also, I watched, along with Avatar, I watched a lot of the Dick Van Dyke show uh, hey. during the first year of lockdown. Dick Van Dyke's so, a treasure. It He is, and that show, you know what? It fucking holds up. <laughs> At least in terms of comedy, not... Maybe not progressive values. <laughs> yeah, who knows about that? But yeah, uh, I, got, I got some questions about that era of the world. But a uh, very fucking funny show. Go watch it after you watch Avatar. He was on Columbo. Was he? He was one of. He was a murder suspect on Columbo. God, I need to go back. That's a really good episode. I like that one. Okay, I, I got to watch that. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me on this movie that yeah, sorry, you'll come around like to it. eventually. I, I really wanted to like it. Uh, Maybe next time. I want to stress how much I wanted to like it, because no, I, I think me. I think you. I mean, the thing is, you didn't like, you didn't say anything that didn't have like weight or meaning behind it. Like we, I think we had a good conversation in spite oh, wait, of our disagreement. I have one more point I want to make before is the it show just ends. Gonna, it, I, I mean, you made your point, but go ahead. No, no, I got one more, and I think this is actually this trumps all my other points. Um, it's just dances with wolves in space. Okay, I hate you. Oh, Bye, everyone. I dropped my phone on my face. <laughs> That's what you get. That's what you get. <laughs> Where can the people find you away um, from us? Um, I don't know, actually. I'm I'm still on Twitter, kind of, but, like, who knows if I want to keep endorsing that. Yeah. Um, how about I'll just keep our regular links in the description. Um, at Emperor OTN on Tumblr. I'll say that. Okay. I mostly just post uh, Columbo stuff on there. I logged back in to add some people. On the mm. Tumblr, and I haven't gone back since. Yeah, I found so you. So it's there, like and you hadn't updated in like four years. Yeah, it's it's been a while. I used to post like that's where I kind of started posting my photography and then like screen caps, and then mm. I just started doing that on Twitter. Mm. So maybe I'll go back and, and do that some more. Yeah, we'll see where we. You know, it's honestly very difficult to tell what direction Twitter is going in. Yeah, who fucking knows? Um, um they, they, but Diego, did you see the Twitter files? What? The, the Twitter files that leaked. Uh, what what were they? I don't I don't know. Diego, you're not gonna believe this. Oh, I know exactly. What you're but about. very powerful people worked at Twitter. This is that one thing where it was like there's a there's a, a cabal of people running the organization, and it's like yeah, that's how every company's run. Yeah. Right. It's literally yeah, how it's like, everything in the country works. Yeah. It's like oh th th yeah, there's a there's a board of people making a decision. For an institution? You don't, that's they, that's they, just the you way don't understand. The there's these works. Listen, there's there's this really fucking creepy group running Twitter. They're, they, they, they call themselves shareholders. 
Like, isn't that sinister? See, this is the fucking problem with conservatives, is that when they make a point, they're so close, but they've never been further from, like, the truth at the same time. They can't not blame the Jews. That yeah, that'd be, that's, that's the other exactly thing. What it that's is. the other thing. Yeah, that's that's really what it is. Because when they say things like globalism, when they say nation states, when they say cabal, when they say lizard people, they mean the Jews. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so bad. Everything's so bad. You know what might be good though? Like the the thing that I'm hopeful is that like no one else seems to care. <laughs> it's like it, like it was that thing of like whenever like when the Hillary Clinton email scandal was happening, it was like mainstream media for like six months. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we all had to talk about it, and no one is no one except conservatives is, are talking about the Twitter files. So maybe no one cares anymore. <laughs> That makes me more optimistic. I mean, why? They lost a fucking seat in the fucking midterms. I know. I know. That you understand how hard that is. <laughs> uh, you could also find me at the Diego Crespo. Just links to the, just the regular stuff in the description below. If, if things change, we will update you on the next recording. Uh, like and subscribe if you like this episode. If you didn't like it, like and subscribe anyways because you might find something you do like. Patreon, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, every, everywhere else. This is this is a mess. Uh, much oh, more I messy. To talk about um, the world of Pandora at Disney's Animal Kingdom. Oh, you didn't. Um, you can talk about it next time, though. The one they they have one ride there that's in three D, and it was the only ride in my whole trip at Disneyland where the three D didn't work. <laughs> oh, <laughs> which I found kind of oddly appropriate. Well, um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. I see you. Oh, thank you. Fuck off. They've sent us a message that they can take whatever they want. But we will send them a message. That this... This is our land!